0: Welcome to PT Shop Talk, where a couple of folks talk about therapy, family, movies, music, sports, and everything in between. Remember that this podcast represents the opinions of the hosts and guests and should not be taken as medical advice. The content is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Everyone is a unique and special snowflake, so please consult your healthcare professionals for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. We take every effort to ensure that the information presented is accurate and we welcome any comments, suggestions, and corrections of error. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome everybody to episode 30 of BT Shop Talk. On today's episode, we do a nice uh, article review and we finish with our top five songs we used to hate that have slowly grown on us over time. With me today is Nickelback Doling and Jeremy Van Halenberg. Welcome, <laughs> gentlemen.
1: Well, Welcome. Welcome, KC. Right, awesome. Well,
0: a... It was a little harder to come up with names today, but I. Went spoiler. To yeah,
1: it. you're you're kind of dead on with me if I don't mind yeah. letting a little cat out of the bag. Or...
0: Jeremy was a harder one. I felt like he kind of always likes everything. Like he's just a sweetheart. He didn't do yeah. anything. Hard of
1: the show. Yeah. You're, you're stubbornly dickish too. Like you're. I have a feeling if you didn't <laughs> like a song, you're never going to like it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: See, That's so it made
0: the research hard. So I felt like with Van <laughs> Halen, what? maybe. Jeremy would have been like, eh, I'm not really like in the, you know, like that 80s metal. And it's all, you know, more into the rap and country combo. Um, <laughs> but then, like, he had to work with you and you are like, dude, I'm going to play Van Halen every day in the gym until you like it. Because, <laughs> um, Nick, you, I assume you were love at first jump with Van Halen. Um, so, uh,
1: very accurate. Gosh, you are yeah. very close. Yeah, yeah. Panama. I'm a huge Rolling Panama with the fan. punches. Rolling. But, Jeremy, Like, is there a, go on on that a little bit. Because for me, like I threw that idea out and for me, you're right. It was tough because I had like three right off the top of my my head, like boom, boom, boom. And then after that, I was like, huh.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say a lot of it is, and we can get into this later too, but uh, a lot of stuff that you right away initially just don't like because the people that bring it into your life or, or just like. Oh, I'm just, I'm just too tough, just too tough to play.
0: You yeah. brought the socioeconomics
1: no. into it. I, I
0: see. Oh. Yeah. I Dude, tried to that there. out, but we can talk about that when we talk about curator. We <laughs> oh, can. But, yeah. I like what we're <laughs> going. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. So we're, Ooh. we're back to this thing, uh, a threesome. Uh, that's, yes. That's exciting. Uh, I'm excited today to talk about research. Feels fresh again. Yeah. A little different. Um but first off, have you guys ever? You guys, you're not campers. I know Jeremy said you're you're not a big camping man. Never. Like, yeah. How do you Never. find a tent for you to yeah. sit in? First off, what it's a...
2: like uh, it's like Daddy Pig on Peppa Pig. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really fresh mm-hmm. in my mind right now. He couldn't fit in the tent, so he slept out in the rain. Uh, yeah, and you're afraid that would happen.
0: Yeah. How about the Dolings? You guys, you guys, campers? Not enough. Nah, I
1: wish yeah. we would more, but. Summer activities, I might have mentioned this earlier, but summer is like busier for us than the school year. They plug in yeah. so many practices and activities and you got baseball games and, and then you're squeezing in trips on the weekend. It's a, it's a little tricky. Uh, we, we've dabbled in the idea of getting a camper in the past, but Ooh. we just, when we break down our weekends, we're like, I think we'd be struggling to get our value back in the turnout.
0: Like you go so, no, pop for sure. up or like big ass pull uh, We
1: have to go, we have to go like fifth wheel. It'd have to be, you know, legit.
0: You ever you know, go RV? I,
1: you seem more like an RV
0: guy. When I, we
1: we've talked about that, right? I thought maybe on the pod, maybe not, maybe offline. But that's my up. I do want to do that when I when I retire. Michelle's a little bit on the fence. I got to work on that a little bit more. But I would totally love to be the RV guy. Like just take a year and tour the states. <clears throat> yeah, you, you know? just
0: seem like the dude that just rolls into town, and you're like. Where's where's the best food? Where's your best burger? Where's the country kitchen buffet? Yeah, sure. right. Like, <laughs> that's you. Where's <laughs> you guys, your monuments? You guys, got a place I can dump this sucker out? You know, that, that <laughs> seems like it would fit you. It'd be fun. Just to enjoy. Yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, so, we do, so we I, should more. How I want you? to love camping, and every time I do it, I hate it. Um, <clears throat> so recently, my daughter has wanted to camp, uh, but again, I know it's not going to go well. Maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, but I'm like, let's let's camp in the backyard. That's safe. Yeah, good call. Great call. Yeah. So I threw up the old tent in the backyard, and uh, this happens quite often where my wife tells me uh, I'm doing something stupid, and I should listen to her, and I don't listen, and I regret it. Uh, <laughs> but she's like, well, like we should air up an air mattress. Like you're a very fragile man now. You're getting old. You complain about things all the time, and I'm like, that's not camping. Like, I water my lawn. It's soft, uh, lush grass. Oh, good for you. Yeah. It, uh, it sorry, switched. Mother Nature, but I put chemicals and water the heck out of that thing. It's very soft. So I'm like, that's oh, like sleeping on a pillow. Anyway, so yeah, uh, threw up the tents. It's not. It wasn't. It, was, it, it wasn't. It was not. It was very <laughs> uncomfortable, very hard. The softest yeah. ground in the world is still much harder than an air mattress. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. For any of you listeners or a out bed. There, yeah, that think you want to dabble as well. Get like a cot or something, man. That was uh, we uh, we got in there, and our tents got like mesh top, you know, and a rain cover over top. So, my daughter's big thing is she wants to see the stars. Uh, that's okay. yes, yes, which again, if you're camping in your backyard in Fargo, that's not great to begin with. Uh, you can see like three, um, <laughs> the big old suckers, that's about all you get. Like, in the moon's one of those three, I tell her it's a star, she doesn't know any better. Um, but yeah, Idiot. so. <laughs> Yeah, we're sitting out there. We do the campfire thing. Uh, we got a fire pit in the backyard that we never use. So I was like, oh, let's burn a bunch of wood because I always pick up branches and throw them in a pile because I think we're going to do a fire pit. And then I'm like, eh, but our yeah. kids go our kids go to bed way before it's dark out in the summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, perfect opportunity. We did the s'mores thing. So I, I pulled the cover off the fire pits. Uh, instant mouse runs out. And I hate mice. Can't stand them. Oh, like, oh really? Oh. oh, God. Like, yeah. Oh. I'm not scared of them, but I just find them very gross. Way better than snakes. Yeah, 100, right, 100 times. Yeah, if like a snake would have rolled out, we're not camping call it, tonight. Call yeah, it. We're going. Yeah, outside. no kidding, right? Yeah. Slithery
1: guy into your tent at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's looking
0: for a shoe or a boot to just lay in. That's what snakes are. Yeah, snake in my boot. <laughs> yeah. Well, the classic Woody. Uh, but I'm, I'm like, sure. oh God, I hope, <laughs> to pray, but I know better that there's a nest under this fire pit you know so i pick up the fire pit and sure sure as there's a nest and the stupid mouse is like kind of gone but i can't let the
1: fire just just take care of it
0: well then i picked up the nest because i'm like oh i hope there's not like baby mice in here uh lifted up the the nest and there was like about 10 baby mice in there i'm like oh and they were like that cute size where they look like little puppies you can't can't euthanize
1: (laughs) those in the fire huh
0: yeah. tough guy ready to kill cats
1: earlier
0: and dispose well, so here's the thing i hate mice. mice i kill like a ton of mice like if you enter my space and you're a mouse i have like 13 different ways you can enjoy your death um but i'm also a softy at heart i'm like well i can't kill these little babies they're just living in nature <laughs>
2: like they
0: knew no better so like i brought my they will over. now because I'm like, know hey, better now. you guys should come check these little mice out. It's kind of cute, nature, you know. Uh, interestingly mm-hmm. enough, because of my hatred of mice that apparently my son knows, he's like, oh, they're so cute. And he looked at me, he's like, you're not going to make me stomp them, are you? And I was like, where did you uh-huh. get that from? I have never once made my son kill anything, uh, just so <laughs> you guys know. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. How, how old is he now? Is he six? Uh, six, yep six uh so i took the shovel uh he's uh, ready basket. to stomp him at six yeah no was, kidding oh, come that's on good. Man. Give a baby good, stomp. good stomping age i know i'm, I'm a fun <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> trying to raise these kids Perfect. right Perfect. Uh, Perfect anyways baby. so i took a shovel didn't smash them uh i moved them over to this little wooded area we have in the back i said "Nah, you're gonna die anyways but good luck um so we did the fire thing and uh yeah, spoiler alert they were dead the next day so uh, mother nature Weird. Hear that um <laughs> yeah yeah and no. uh, anyways did the s'mores thing and then we got in the tent and as we we're finishing up with s'mores it starts raining uh so that sucks good for no tenting was there oh no <laughs> dr doling there was plenty of tenting to still be had I was actually jacked no. my, my least favorite part about tenting when I was younger was the fact that like, Whoa, it's five o'clock. It's 200 degrees in the tent time to get up. Yeah. That's awful. That's yeah. So terrible like, way to wake up. No, this is going to be pleasant. It's going to rain all night and be cool. But then I forgot about my sweet, sweet little daughter that wanted to see the stars. So then we get in the tent because uh, we have a rain cover for it if, yeah. if need yeah. be. Um, so I'll throw that up. And my daughter just doesn't understand like, why can't we see the stars? I'm like, well, twofold. trouble. You know it's raining. Can't see through clouds. It, uh, and then I have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Open your flipping eyes. <laughs> you uh... idiot. <laughs> yeah. Like you can go inside. How many times do you to explain this to you? Yeah. Uh, and then we have the cover on. So then I like have to entertain my children. Uh, so we just, I grabbed a tablet. I was like, well, let's just throw that on. We'll watch a movie in the tent. That'll be nice.
2: Mm-hmm. You're um, really roughing it.
0: Yeah. We were. Well, yeah, it sucked because the Wi-Fi wasn't great out there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my boy, buffering. My Connors ran into that in the past. Yeah, But yeah. <laughs> They come in like,
1: we don't get good Wi-Fi out there. Yeah.
0: So that was a struggle. Uh, my daughter <laughs> wasn't loving it. So she eventually had to go inside with my wife because she was uh, just, she was going to have a terrible time no matter what we did. Uh, so then me and my son uh, slept out there and yeah, I woke up in the morning, uh, just uh, absolutely miserable. Uh, and I'm like... Mm. <laughs> Makes sense. Now I remember why I, I do it every couple of years and get some so, you, better. so you
1: are acknowledging that there's some type of musculoskeletal orthopedic involvement to this uh, sleeping arrangement, right? That created some pain and stiffness.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: I I, a, uh, I think it's biopsychosocial.
0: A little bit of all of it, really, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> was it just, was it just your past history? Yeah, I, <laughs> I was going to hate it. <laughs> Too many noisy neighbors. Uh, yeah, my body <laughs> hated it speaking. physically because it was uh, very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of terrible things about it. Uh, so yeah, tenting, camping, still not in the cards uh, for Casey Hansen. So yeah. Oh, good. That just good confirms theater. my yeah. beliefs. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy, you haven't missed out on a thing. You have no. done it right. Yeah. I'm a little jealous. Everyone I'm wasted five or six nights of my life trying to enjoy this thing. I think if you. Go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, I, I think I told you, Nick, I'm like, almost all of my siblings have had uh, campers and then they sold them within like five years. Yeah. Like, they just don't well, use yeah. them.
3: Yeah. You know. So
2: I'm like, if, if I was going to go that route, I'd rent one for a couple of weekends. Let's see. But it's not going to be better than my house. Like, I'll, I'll go drive to the woods for a couple hours. And then I'm going to come home and sleep in my bed. I mean,
1: be real. you need you, a man of your stature, physically and sociologically, you need to be on like <laughs> extreme RVs. You need like the big King size with, yeah. you know, the granite countertops. <laughs> you, know, you need to keep I don't need granite I don't need
2: granite so
0: countertops.
2: <laughs> I don't need granite countertops. So. I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't get it. I'm like, we've evolved as a, society to not have
0: camp. Yeah, I keep telling myself, oh, the fresh I, air will be good for you. I, You'll be one no, with nature. There's some um, cool about it.
1: You don't find anything like a little cool. There's still some cool
3: about it.
0: Hmm, no, I, I keep telling uh, myself there is, and every time I do it, I'm still searching for it. I'm, I'm actually probably going to do it again this weekend because my wife's gone and my kids want to try it again, and I'm going to oh, hate it again. Oh, but I, you're I'm right, on, you're the right on the temp,
1: though. The temp is like the diceiest part. You know, if you can get like a sweet, like last night down here, it would have been perfect. Cause I think the overnight drop it was like, no, there was zero window. I think the overnight drop to gosh, was it like 58 and that's some sweet, sweet temp. You can be bundled up underneath that. Mm-hmm. And we're getting to that stage in, in the season where at least you can get like another hour of sleep. You know, the sun's yep. not coming up like right at 5. AM, it might be closer right. to six. So,
0: you know, those yeah. were all things I told myself. And you gotta all, keep reinforcing all you're gonna have to keep reinforcing see i need to have a safe um, positive experience uh, <laughs> that's the problem um <laughs> it's not happening you know maybe of these, it'll come uh, this weekend yeah, maybe you know i if nothing else i can at least say well at least i'm here instead of like we fest where those folks are yeah i was gonna ask if this is timely destroyed. just because we fest weekend yeah no, if you i, I have nothing up to do with that and...
1: No, Never been enough
0: beer and booze.
1: You can sleep
0: in a tent. You know, I used to go to this jamboree up in Botno called Rock in the Hills. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course you did. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yeah, we used to I used to get pretty hand boned up there. Uh, Even then, man, Mm -hmm. I went for the car Mm -hmm. instead of the tent. I slept in my car. Way better.
1: Did you wake up with steamy, steamy windshields?
0: Oh, yeah. All the time. I yeah. like heavy.
1: <laughs> That's a gross feeling, though, when you wake up in a car. A heavy breather.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's not great either. But again, I, you know, fire that car up a few times as you wake up to roll over. Listen to some jams. Fall back to sleep. Keep the temp nice regulated. Who, okay, I gotta on. know who's the who's the headliner when you went. Oh, I went every year they had it except for the last year. So I, uh, I don't <laughs> really uh, remember a lot of music I hated. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, uh, it was definitely a lot of '80s stuff. I think Poisons, Ooh, wham, wham. Po- Poison was Poison was probably the biggest band I remember headlining. I think Alice Cooper did it one year, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I mean those Moon down I always wa- always wanted to go. Never made it up there. Yeah, and it was it was fun. You know, my uh, uh, father used to help with security out there, so he'd always get me like a uh, 21 mm-hmm. badge, and I was not. Uh, so that was a jam. I mean, uh, that was a great time. That's awesome. Like Dad, Daddy Hansen's out there cracking skulls. Oh yeah, we uh. That's dude awesome. was having the time of his life out there. Uh, he's a uh, an avid listener of this show, so I can't talk too much crap about him because he always calls me out on this. But yeah, he uh, you know he used to always uh and we'd always play the like find my dad game because I never could. I mean that that dude was loving <laughs> it more than I was. I think so. Um, awesome. a great weekend, yeah. I, <laughs> my, I
1: want to party with your dad.
0: What's your dad's name? A uh, uh, fun fact: most people call him Nitro. Um, so. And- what that was my grad school nickname. Whoa, maybe you guys are destined to be. We're huh? destined. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh... It was written. It was written in the stars. Yeah. So, uh, no, uh, but that okay. was like too much power to my head. Later on, as I got a little older and like a little more confident, mm. like I would get like the security badge, so I could like go mm. backstage and stuff. Um, and I remember one time because <laughs> i never helped at all. Uh, I was absolutely worthless. Uh, I remember we were up there uh with a crew of guys, and we were hanging out with these gals, uh, like people are ought to do when you're young and single and these we girls were like uh, you know they were drinking their wine coolers, and we had back at our campsite... Work, and James probably um no, yeah, it was probably eight time by then um it was probably Why, oh, okay. So that's not a wine cooler, bro you got, yeah, if you' gonna a call hard it lemonade you got... um spade spade a spade eh. yeah. Mm. anyway <laughs> so we had like uh the huge you know like football water jug full of like i don't even remember what we had in there teas maybe long island iced teas and we we're like oh, nice. so me and my buddy were like well we're gonna get get you guys something decent to drink you know with little booze mm-hmm. in it so we walked back to the campsite and we we're like oh That was a long walk. That took like upwards of 10 minutes. Like that. It's crazy. Mm, Exhausting. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So fatigue set in.
0: What did they give you? So it was a choice.
1: What's that? What was the magical elixir they gave you?
0: Yeah, I don't again, I don't remember what it is, but I'm like, let's fill up about 12 glasses. Let's just hop in my car and drive back over there because I ain't driving. Or I ain't walking. Oh, ooh. Not a good idea. Uh, for no. listeners, I apologize. That was irresponsible. I'm a different man now. I've learned from my mistakes. Uh, so we start <laughs> driving back. And if you guys ever been to one of these things, like people are walking everywhere, right? It's just a festival. Yeah. Yeah. The festival. Care less yes. driving. Um, so I'm hit? like, you hit, punk. you hit somebody. It's no, like a scary. I mean, this, is this is like is the not, start of a no, scary this movie. this is not a murder story. I would not tell. it I if know I, I know what Casey somebody hands hands and
1: did last summer. No, I, I, I think you hit. I didn't say kill.
0: I didn't say kill. I just, who'd you hit? Nobody, nobody. But he killed somebody. Anyway, so I'm like driving. <laughs> I'm driving. I have like three drinks in my hand. My buddy has got like four in each hand.
1: We're Let's driving. Let's attention
0: to ourselves. Yeah, he's so I'm a, honking. He's
1: hitting the swish pretty hard, Jerry.
0: <laughs> I'm honking at people to get the hell out of my way because uh, there are babes there. at this campsite <laughs> and I don't know how long they're going to be there. Uh, so I got to hurry, right? And, and again, people don't care. Yeah, just walking. So I'm like putting my head out the window at this point, yelling at people to move. Hey! Yeah, move! Uh, right at this time, two cops on four-wheelers, so not security, cops, like the, the real deal, uh, they pull up. It was not Nitro. <laughs> no, no. Nitro was uh, nowhere to be seen. Uh, no. Heading oh. the other way of the police, I would assume, uh, like his son should have been. Uh, but again, uh, I was probably, <laughs> I think at this point, 19. Maybe I was 18 um a little more confident right these cops pull up and they're like sir what's the problem and i put my drinks on the console smart and i put my hand out the window with the security badge i said i'm security these people need to get out of the way i have an emergency i gotta take care of what's the emergency the cops turn their lights on and move everybody out of the way for like three campsites worth of people and drive me to my campsite wow we get home. you know we, we call home.
2: that lucky
0: yeah i parked just, my car oh God, 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 like, God. we're never doing that again oh. <laughs> that is the last time we get in the vehicle this weekend until we're going home but that was a, a very fun story but hashtag blessed hashtag, i'm happy for you yeah no you made, we knew lots you of people a lesson? Lesson? up there. They were uh, they were pretty strong handed up there with that, which is a good thing, because pretty much every year at Rockin' the Hill somebody died. Um so strong handed, yeah. except for in one case.
2: Strong handed <laughs> because there are people like
0: you up there. <laughs> yeah, that was part of the problem. <laughs> so um yeah, irresponsible, but I've grown up. So Rock the where lost. do we only where time stay away
1: from here? Because this is just a whole slew of of I'm not going to say solid life decisions. Case it's just
0: no, uh, and I just want people to know you can recover from these poor life decisions. Uh, Correct. You can change. I I, you pulled it back. Yeah, I feel like we we live in the society now where you're not allowed to make mistakes and learn. You've totally
1: redeemed
0: yourself. Yeah. I've moved on.
1: I'm. I can say that you know coming from a place of having never made a mistake in my life, particularly Same. when it came to alcohol. Same. Correct. But, me too. But I have so I have sympathy for you, but not empathy. Empathy. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: That's okay. Yeah. So, I mean that's that's my job. More so
1: I'm more sympathetic.
0: So, yeah. Open book. Yeah. Pretty squeaky um,
1: queen, you know what I like to say. Um yeah. But
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's nice. That's nice of you guys. Okay. Ahead, glad glad sharing. you
1: moved on oh, from there.
0: Thanks for sharing everybody. I feel weird. <laughs> No, <clears throat> that's a joke. Um, that's, uh, uh, drinking a glass make, of make, giant wine right now. the um, light of
2: the situation.
0: What's that, uh, a sharp, nice Chardonnay? Uh, what What do they call it? Gwurtzermeyer? and Feimer Neimer. Yeah, the same Feiner. people that make Worcestershire sauce, I believe, Uh yes, their wine. Cool. Correct. Um, i <laughs> <should> like
1: me <laughs> some Worcestershire. Shelby yeah. City. Mm, <laughs> it doesn't taste about
0: the same, but uh, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I segue. Uh, one other thing quick, though. I started uh, uh, one good thing this week. I tried a new pair of running shoes on. You guys ever use uh, on running? You guys uh, try those shoes? No. Oh, you see yep. them on, folks? No. Oh, no, the
2: Swedish. Uh, yeah.
0: uh, I don't know. If it's do Swedish you have them? Can we see that? A, i mean, you oh, so not going to. This is, case, is like going to the campsite. You want me to walk is this, all the way upstairs? Oh, it's a shitty story.
1: Your story sucks. Yeah, unless sucks. I can see it. i got to see it. If you've got new kicks that you want to talk about, mine. you got to show us.
0: What are you guys going to talk about while I leave? Uh,
1: we'll talk amongst ourselves. You got Don't something. worry about it. You got trust like, us with the pod. It's
0: yeah. gonna take me a while. It's gonna take me a while. All right, you guys a are good. Captain
1: can trust his crew. Those, the ship of the pod? What are those shoes behind you?
0: Uh, Asics, which was I usually a Nimbus, Nimbus, Nimbus. I run multiple. It's a Nimbus. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a Nimbus. It's a cloud. It's like, I run a Nimbus because yes. I use
2: multiple. You Nimbuses. should. uh You should spring for some gel cayanos.
1: Oh, no! Come on. They're so bulky. Oh. They're so bulky are you for real? I
2: mm. yeah, used to work at Locker. Man, these on shoes. You're just trying to sell them for
0: 190 bucks, bro. They're like clouds. I'll go ground. They're them. like 100. Yeah, you guys, chat amongst
1: yourselves. Show me these dumb shoes. Okay, I They're sweet. They're Swedish, aren't they? I
0: don't know. Swedish, Icelandic, Finnish, something around. You there. know, you, people that don't know how to run really. On so. a scale from zero to Hoka, how ugly are they? Super, oh, ugly. yeah, Hoka um, Plus. I don't know, it's the ugliest shoe I've ever seen. No, I'm
2: excited now,
0: I gotta see them. Not yeah. have
2: to, they're Hoka minuses. But you were talking Nimbus the it one I pulled Nimbuses.
0: up. Yeah. Is the one that I pulled That's up is called
2: Cloud Monster. That's the one I bought, Jeremy. They said yes. they were the closest oh. to a Nimbus. Oh, it
1: makes sense, yeah. That's what? the shoe I want. <laughs> well, okay, I'm still. I'm All right, go I'll be back. Okay, trust us. We will. Talk. They're
2: they're probably a little better than a than a, uh, hoka.
1: Man, the hokas. Every time I see somebody wear them, God bless them. But I'm like, dude, I'm not gonna rock those. Are are they zero drop hokas? No, I don't think. I don't think they're zero drop. I think they're, I think they're, they're kind of hook is more the the cushion level. Okay, you
3: know, the
1: thickness, yeah. and they just look so dumb and bulky i don't know but i i've been i've rocked nimbus i'm going to get into some brooks so there's these um, dudes i'll watch every now and again on youtube called called buff dudes that there's like a new style of brooks that they were talking about they did this cool little feature ironically same thing i did in july i remember i was running like every single day no matter what i had to run a minimum of one mile yeah And they did so they did the exact same thing only i don't know when they started theirs and when it was edited and all that but they they have this partnership with Brooks and they said all these guys are like they're like six feet tall and like two twenty five, so I'm like and and the older brothers like two or the younger brothers like two thirty something so I'm like this is like perfect and they talked about how it was really uh, really lightweight They still had enough cushion for them enough support and they looked amazing so I want to look those ones up watch get it, I want to
2: watch it I think I'm gonna get into I want to get into some five finger shoes oh, you want to go so grab old. those
0: as well. <laughs> Do you, oh, gosh. You oh, yeah. are a Vibram. <laughs> I had Vibram. You, yeah, those are great. You have a whole body, Your whole body is like caked in Vibram. That's just, <laughs> just who you are. Yeah, I have the gloves, Colors, the zips. underwear. I don't even want to describe <laughs> the underwear. You shouldn't.
1: I need to be in contact with the <laughs> world at all the You shouldn't, yeah. man.
0: That's what I camp in. All right, so yeah. let's show us these things. Come on. All right. Uh, so uh, here they are. I can't believe oh! you haven't heard of them. Big Stone Blue?
1: Too? I just oh, I've uh, seen those over and over. Purple, I just have no idea what they're my, called.
0: My uh, camera? They're purple? Yeah, my camera must uh, be off a what, little bit. What but. kind of filter you have on there? Uh, I I got to take some of the reds out. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, right, my right. skin looks a little uh, too red because I, I they, drink too much, as we've talked. Do-ing, about. Um, do they look? Uh, they look blue, don't
2: they? Yes.
0: Oh yeah, they I see them I, I would swear I they're blue. blue. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. My studio lights. I have a filter on them that does kind of cut color out a little bit. Takes the hides so and lows out. These are,
1: these are the famous Swedish ones. I do see those quite often. Now. Yeah,
0: they are. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: like walking on a cloud. Uh, I've been having a little bit of like ankle calf discomfort lately. Ooh. So I was like, hmm. yeah, probably time to maybe either... Uh, just uh, throw an insert in to give my foot a break from how I'm running or try a different, you know, oh. grab a new shoe. But I was like, I'm going to oh, So, a new so it is mechanical. Interesting. It's I don't know mechanical. if it's mechanical or just overuse I or, you know, a lack of buildup, whatever it is. Something's gotcha. changed. So I'm trying to change something else to give whatever I'm doing a break. Um, Real talk though, those shoes, yeah. do you
1: guys remember K-Swiss tubes from like 10 years ago? They were horrible, man. I remember I, mean, I, never, I bought a I never pair. Wore them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Patrick Willis for the Niners was like a spokesman for K-Swiss for a while, but I, I bought a Whoa. pair because they they were
2: all like oh same thing, like all this flexibility and durability. And, you went into Foot Locker. We sold the they loved K-Swiss and Foot Locker. Well, yeah, if
1: you do it back in the day, like a pair of sweet white K-Swiss,
0: that's hard. Uh, you could
1: wear that. I we wouldn't train in them, but you walk up, you kind of get casual shoe. definitely.
0: Anyways, uh, the I the like- were trainers. I like to run in a very soft shoe, uh, either su- super soft or super firm. One of the two. Um, but I don't like any motion mm. control. I absolutely yeah. hate uh, anything that stops me from pronating. Um,
1: I believe your foot. Ne- I, I agree. I think your foot needs display when yeah, you run.
0: Totally. So, uh, that's why I do buy like usually the more expensive shoes are like the cushion shoes. Um, <laughs> So yeah, these have very little motion control that way. I like them that way. The heels That's why he soft. doesn't want the Kayano, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. Get Whatever. To learn to learn to run like a human being. You you need that medial post, bro. That's what you think, but it ain't true. I just don't run.
1: Yeah.
2: Big beast. I wear <laughs> <solved. Yeah. laughs> I them salt. I wear vans. I wear vans to run in.
1: Ooh, somebody's gonna agree with you
0: some gulags casey
1: how often do you break out the five figures you still you still Uh, rock zero
0: now i i when i ran in the vibras or vibram i can't remember what they're vibram 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 Uh, Vibram. yep vibram was the company that made them yeah yeah i was probably like 60 pounds lighter than i am now so it was uh, definitely much more comfortable (laughs) at that point i think now uh because i'm not like a four foot runner i just can't do it tried it midfoot uh, tried to teach myself. Gotta yeah, midfoot. midfoot. I get a little Try bit of a heel strike. Midfoot's good. They yeah. say midfoot's the perfect foot. Yeah, I still get heel strike every once in a while, but just I will get say under you, your center of mass. Yeah. When you your have your the vibrams bi- on, here. you can't heel strike. You can, uh, but you no. regret it. Uh, You're right. You're right. But yeah, it's just a more of a jar now uh, with where I'm at in life. So I do like a little more of a shoe when I run. But
1: closest I got to that was I was doing a lot of halves back ten years ago when I would do. Um, vibram partnered with new balance and made made a yep. pair with a vibram soul and i bought a pair of those i still have the minimus the yep. New Balance minimus I, and i still have those um i would never run more than like two miles mm. had they be for speed days and they worked out okay for that but
0: yeah i think yeah, the I, longest i ever ran in the vibrams was about a, a six mile i think i went for an hour run one time in them um i liked them when when i was good at running i sure didn't mind running in them they make a hell of a water shoe now uh, i will throw them on sometimes if we're going yeah. to the beach or rocky river or something. or something like that yeah. yeah makes sense yeah yeah i think those things would probably survive a zebra mussel encounter so maybe okay maybe fair yeah. fair
1: um but then you, would get, you have, might be stuck with painful ideology the rest
0: of your life keep, oh, keep learned, trying keep trying learned experiences mm-hmm. i'll try it again.
2: Learn, uh, that may predict future experiences.
0: Well, I think <laughs> common sense would tell you not, oh, sense. not to go out in the water with a bunch of razor sharp uh muscles out there and swim Everybody through. listening to this pause like, what the hell are these idiots? We'll get to it. Like, and they know by now we try to do some sort no of dumbass segue. Semblance of um, English grammar.
1: From Fear to Safety: A Roadmap to Recovery.
0: Yeah, that is the article we are going to review today. So, yeah, From Fear to Safety Roadmap to Recovery from Musculoskeletal Pain. This was uh printed in uh PTJ, uh Physical Therapy Journal 2022. Uh so relatively new. Uh, I think the advanced publication I have was December 23rd, 2021. So, um not like new new, but I think new enough to warn us to go over and talk about it. I think it's a cool article. Um, I don't know, like actually the the first couple of authors uh were a little more unfamiliar to me. Uh Canyonero, uh no, that's not how I pronounce it. Can, can, Canero. Canero, Canero, uh Smith, Canero, Bunsley, uh, Linton. I, I don't know those folks, uh especially uh that Linton, I guess psych, so not huge maybe in our profession. <laughs> Maybe it is, and I'm just not familiar, but definitely the last two, Mosley and Sullivan. Mosley uh, and Sullivan, folks I follow quite a bit on Twitter. So, um, and and one of the professors over at UJ kind of passed this on to me too. He said, you know, it's a lot of stuff we know we talk about, but it was cool to see it like just kind of laid out in an article, and to just talk about the principles and why
2: why do we need an article to tell us to use common sense.
0: Funny, yeah, but you know, like the article, we'll get to it. I mean, the article tells us all the time how we let common sense fail us, right? Correct, yeah, because um, we leave yep. too much, you know. Um, do you
1: want to just lead it off, kind of like you did earlier today? Just yeah, I can
0: of, uh, uh, uh sure roll into it. it. Uh, I think we'll do a little more uh, informal chit chatty uh, versus what we yeah. did earlier, but um, yeah, I cheated a little bit today. I actually presented this article uh, at our job, so. Um, Humble brag. Yeah. Well, I don't even know I thought, I thought that was like a, a a sly, like I didn't actually put that much work in. addition. Oh, to the <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I clicked on it today,
1: when I I didn't know who I had no idea was you lead until oh. like earlier this morning, and then I saw it and I saw the article, and I'm like, That's sly, that sly bastard.
3: Yeah. Like,
0: Smart. Well, here's the thing: I was supposed to lead today, and, and then one of the therapists in our company asked if they could lead. Uh, this was, I think maybe last week said, would you be willing to switch? Uh, I don't care. Like uh, I'll always kick my work down the road. That's no problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then Sweet like life. three days later, this therapist uh, had a Will Smith life turned upside down situation and was like, Whoa. can we, can we flip back? Um, the therapist is going to be out and has got um, family stuff going on. Uh, all positive, good things. Mm. Um we don't need yeah. to pray for the yep. person or anything. They're doing well, but it's just, they just didn't have the time. And I was like, Ooh, okay. So now I have like, cause you're supposed to send these out a week ahead of time. So it was probably the <laughs> Friday before the Thursday would be due for me to send out. So I'm like, "Well, I was like, okay. um uh I was already looking at this article for us to talk about. So I'm going to uh, not make more work for myself. So I shot. I this got out. this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. I'll expect you to do the same in October for me. <laughs> that's not going to happen Keep again. Keep that in mind. Uh, no, yeah. I, I, I present in October. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Might as well, Jeremy, when do you present?
1: Yeah, when do yeah. you present, Come on, Jeremy? Jerry, yeah.
2: I'll get on the list. Gosh,
1: oh. gosh, you just... total... she, she didn't turn into Jerry She's with a G pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's a double Jerry move for sure. Short for Gerald.
0: Yeah, exactly like a lesser (laughs) jerry
2: fine i'll present something
0: all right all right so this article kind of talks about the framework of uh, cognitive functional therapy so it's looking at just how do we create a model to address fear avoidance to address faulty beliefs that our patients have to address biopsychosocial model, to address the lifestyle issues that patients have, um, just in the kind of an all-encompassing, give it a name so that way we can work on it, research it, progress it. You got to start somewhere. Like I said, uh, and like you said, Jeremy, a lot of the stuff is common sense and a lot of the stuff is stuff we do. But I guess if we don't create framework for it, how do we research it? How do we get better right. at it as a, a whole profession? Um, and then they talk a little bit about a case study with a patient as well. So what does uh,
2: go into a little bit of what's uh, the biopsychosocial model?
0: Yeah. And so
2: our... in a nutshell, in to the
1: lay person, a
0: nutshell yeah. yeah. lay person. Yeah, no, no problem there. So for most people, we, we think of pain as a protective mechanism. Uh, and that to a point is true right we, we have pain to prevent us from maybe creating further damage to ourselves from dying um, pain's just kind of an alarm system pain doesn't always necessarily infer any sort of structural damage uh, we can have lots of instances of pain without really any physical harm uh, if you guys have ever like thought a pan was hot and you went to grab it and you like pulled your hand away because it burned you and then you realized the pot like you'd never turned the burner on right your, your brain had created a situation where it thought the pot was going to be hot. Um, and it wasn't. Uh, so you still have that response without any physical damage. So, um, so when we talk about the biopsychosocial model of pain, it's taking more than just input into the system. That, that's kind of the old concept of pain is you step on something, a message goes through your nerves to your brain that said, ouch, you stepped on something. Uh, and we know that's just not true. Uh, We do step on something and a message is sent to your brain, but it's strictly just information to your brain. Our brain has to process that information. And when we say biopsychosocial, your brain processes that information based on a multitude of things, your past experiences with pain, your knowledge about pain. Um, family experiences Mm -hmm. with pain, all these different things create this biopsychosocial model of how your brain interprets those messages. So that's kind of what we talk about. We used to focus really biomechanical. You came in because your knee hurt. Okay. Is it a meniscus? Is it an ACL? Is it arthritis? Is it rheumatoid arthritis? There's some structural problem that your knee hurts. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's medicine still is probably predominantly that. Um, Yep today, if you go into a general practitioner, or orthopedic surgeon, a lot of physical therapists, that's probably the message you're going to get. Um, Correct. Is what they're looking for is fix something. Uh, I think we all get into this because we want to make people better. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. And
0: I think initially, we talk about common sense model. <laughs> uh, for us, if we're going to fix something, something has to be broken. So we try to find Correct. something that's broken, right? Uh,
2: I, think, I, I think the two common, like, at least in in practice, right? I think the, the two most common questions is like, what's wrong with me? How can you help me? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and like you said, like the biomedical model, um, or more based on, uh, Hey, we took this image, there's arthritis, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. But then we get into a little bit of a, uh, kind of a, a gray area, right. When somebody is 85 and they say, Hey, my back hurts. When did it start hurting two weeks ago? They took an x ray. I have arthritis. You go, okay, well, if we took that x ray three weeks ago, right, you still had arthritis. Like, mm-hmm. so how does that explain it, right? So, uh, numerous instances in the body, right, where uh, different joint sites where we say, hey, we see quote unquote abnormalities, but is that a pain generator, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like that seems to be like a really, really difficult thing to explain to people when they're in pain, at least for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I may be outside the, the fence on that one, mm-hmm. but it's like when, when somebody's been to their GP, uh, PCP, and they say, hey, this is the problem. We're going to refer you for imaging. We're going to refer you to an orthopedic surgeon okay, this is the problem. And then they come back to us. That's uh, an area where I see some difficulty mm-hmm. shifting, shifting beliefs. Right. I
1: think we, we touched on this a few weeks back, maybe a few months back, but it still comes down to how that message is being relayed by those other providers too, make like they get to, to us in those situations. Cause if they're, if they're, and, and I think we acknowledged, right. Casey, I think we agree. It's probably getting better. Mm-hmm. Right, better than it than better, better than it was. I think yeah. we're seeing a, a little bit fewer of the maybe I'll say catastrophizing uh, approaches to relaying um, the message to the patient, relaying the diagnosis to the patient, the prognosis. You know, a few. And they, like, it still has. There's still work to be done, but probably fewer of the worst back they've ever seen, fewer of the mm-hmm. worst knee they've ever seen. You know.
0: Yeah, I think like there's that. still some of that. Um, well. I'm really good at what I do and I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you. I think there's still some of that. I think there's still some of that mm-hmm. fear from the medical community. If I don't tell you what's going to, what's wrong with you, I'm going to be perceived as not knowing what I'm doing. I, you yeah. know, I think mm-hmm. they like for a patient Correct. to come in and go, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure what's wrong with you. And that's okay. Right. Um, but mm-hmm. what we do know is you're feeling these things, you're having these difficulties doing these things and that stuff we can address. You know, and that's just that narrative and that pride swallowing that I think needs to change. Of, and it is, but it's slow. Um, and we've talked we talked to that ad nauseum about why we do some of our old treatments. It's because that narrative's still there, and I think we still have to be prepared uh, when somebody comes through the door to work on changing the narrative, but continue to but provide even some in, sort of <clears throat> relief for people too. And I'm bringing yeah. it up because in the in the
1: beginning of this article, you know, they point out that that research study that we talked about a little bit earlier today. You know, they classify people into two different groups uh, receiving images, and and one group was given, like, uh, you know, more negative feedback, and one was given more positive Positive. um, feedback, and those that received the negative were, you know, much more higher likelihood of, um, you know, seeking treatment such as injections, surgeries, uh, opioid medication, so um, I think it's so so important. You know, we talked about, I I mentioned my, my, my belief being, like, that, you know, fear of whether it's fear of uh, emotional pain or fear of physical pain, or is a massive driver to people, it's mm-hmm. a huge, you know, subconscious driver to decisions of any sort in the you know human nature. So that makes perfect sense to me when I read that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's you, they seek problem-solving solutions, but even with that, they also have higher pain intensity, pain intensity, disability pain, cognitions, mental health, self-efficacy are all decreased. I, it's just that yeah. cascade of effect just from the message, you know. It will be
1: shocking, right, yeah. to
0: no yeah. one. It Not be shocking to, to absolutely no one. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, it's still, you know, when the patients go, I, you know, I, I'll refer people out. You know, I, I think that's a big deal if we're going to become mid-level providers and, you know, if we really want to be the people that see people right away when they get hurt, we still have to swallow our pride and send people out once in a while. But it's always yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. uh send somebody out with, uh, uh, you know, uh, some ridiculopathy or something that's not responding very well. And you send them to the surgeon and the patient comes back and they're like, oh, man, I can't believe it. But the surgeon wants to do surgery. It's like, huh. I you know, it doesn't always happen that way. But that's, you know, you try to explain that to them. You know, that's kind of what they do. They're looking for their options that they can help you with. It, it doesn't mean it's the only option. You know, how, how do you how how do you guys explain that? Yeah, I think, and I I don't so much say it in the fact of, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, but but you know, that that thing is like the Mm -hmm. surgeon wants to help you. His skill set is fixing structural defects. Um, We know there are some, we've done the imaging, you know what's there. Doesn't mean that's the only way you're going to feel better, but those are the options he's going to give you. Like, Don't be surprised that a surgeon tells you he would recommend surgery or that surgery would be what he could do for you. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that message changed has gotten better too. Cause it used to be like, surgery is the only thing that's going to help. They used to kind of get that message. And now it yeah. is like the, this is what I could do for you. You know, um, yeah. too bad. Sometimes now I think they almost prep it too far the other way. We're like, Oh, it's got like 50% chance. And eventually you're going to hurt anyways, you know, like uh, I think Nick and I, we talked about that today, it, you know, you, you have back surgery and that, that's such a common message of like, well, we'll fix it now, but it's going to eventually wear out, you know, like, yeah, oh, well, that's not the the message I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. like <laughs> you, know, you fix one spot and the other spot's going to wear out, you know, and that's... we, we had
2: that with a, a patient like early thirties and they came in like ultra distraught, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, would you hear your ortho follow up? Well, there's a 50 50 chance, but it's probably going to get worse. And I'm like, isn't that the opposite of 50 50? So, what's the patient?
1: Like what does the patient deciding to do?
2: Uh, eventually, they chose surgery again, and hmm. eventually, I would say they are at the same spot that they were before the second surgery. You know, yeah. and uh, it's just. It's tough. It's tough to it's like you kind of feel like you're like like you're skating uphill, right? Like where you're like you try to educate on that where you're you're saying like uh yeah, hey, um and I will say that too. I'm like, I don't think it's bad. I, like I say every practitioner looks at how we can help, like we're all biased, right? Like we see a problem, we say, Hey, this is what I could do in the physical therapy realm. Uh Chiropractor sees a the problem. They say this is what I can help in the chiropractic mm-hmm. realm. Uh, surgeon sees it. This is what I can do here, right? Like I, yeah. I, I truly believe, like right, like anybody in a medical profession is doing it because they want to help people. But we're all biased by our skill set. Yeah. So, uh, but that's a challenge when you go, like, you hear that and you're a little bit away from that, and you go, "Well, oh, it's fifty-fifty, but it's probably going to get worse." And it's like
0: that's not really presenting 50 50 very well. Yeah. And, um, and I don't mean to be negative towards surgeons. I think they do, you know, they're definitely necessary to do good things, but I have to, man it is probably really hard for them because <laughs> yeah. you can't lie to patients. You know, a patient can't come in for back surgery and go, Oh yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be way better. Like, uh, these go great. You know, uh, research shows that uh, 90% of these get better. Like you can't just lie to somebody. I mean, you have to be yeah. honest. Um, But yeah, how do you be honest about a surgery without already prepping them, as we just talked about this biopsychosocial model, to like have (laughs) so much fear that it's going to get worse? You know, you just. I I think
1: it's. I think it's great they told him there's like a fifty percent chance. Yeah, I think that's. I I think it's all, but that helps them make better informed consent. I think it's great that they told him the likelihood is you're probably going to have pain again.
2: Yeah, but but this was in response to a second surgery within a year, mm-hmm. like same area. But well, did, the,
1: did the surgeon was the surgeon telling them they really should do the surgery or were they explaining it out and let the patient decide?
2: No, uh, the, the, they were leading towards the next surgery, which mm-hmm. ultimately happened. And I would say like now we're getting to the same spot that we were before, like after the first one. Okay. Right. So
1: we're at a point so, now, I think we could move on through the article. Yeah. And get, cause we're kind of beat with, this is stuff we, I think we've rehashed yeah. before in the pod and, and it's good stuff. I mean, we could really, really go on, but what's cool about this and why I didn't just, you know, disregard it when you shouted out case, like a you know, I like that they're willing to acknowledge in some of these cases, a, a real legitimate pathway to actually intervening and providing something as substance to patients, you know, is being considered here. Like we need to look at that. So, you know, you want to, you want to talk about the common sense approach a little bit here?
0: Yeah. So as we talked about biopsychosocial, there's getting to be more and more evidence that really the management of persistent musculoskeletal pain. And that's really, I, I do want to say that that's what this article is focusing on, uh, persistent <laughs> musculoskeletal pain. Um, I think there, there's potentially different approaches towards acute pain uh, and pain that's falling within a normal healing time frame. So I, I don't want everybody to listen to this going like, well, this seems like a a lot of work or ridiculous for an ankle sprain or i bent over hurt my back like th- this is definitely yeah. more of a framework currently um to address persistent um, traffic. but yeah. that being said maybe some of the things from this article can be gleamed during your acute phase care to prevent um progression for well, right.
1: sure but we got to get we got to get
0: into this because jeremy's got a patient that
1: needs to get better
0: <laughs> just had their second lumbar <laughs> surgery yeah and boy, chances are they weren't going to get better. Um, so anyways, that's where that cognitive functional therapy, uh, comes in, you know, it's a exposure based therapy approach. So what we're talking about when we talk about, um, different models of how, why patients develop this chronicity, you know, a big one we talk about is uh, the fear avoidance model. That's, and I think we've discussed that before in the pod, but not everybody has listened to every episode, but what it really comes down to is when you have an injury experience, typically one of two things happen. You have the injury, um, you assess it, you realize you're safe, you go through the normal healing and life returns to normal. I, I think most of us have had those experiences, whether it's a paper cut or a stub toe or ankle sprain, um, life's good. Life's fine. Uh, the other end of that is we hurt ourselves. Um, we start to worry about it. Um, whether it's cause you have to worry about getting back to work, getting back to school, you're worried how you're going to be able to help out at home. You had a significant other, a family member that had a similar injury that didn't turn out well. Um, you watched a ton of TV shows. You've heard all the nasty things, your education has talked to you about all the bad things that could happen to you. Um, and you start to worry about it. So you start to avoid Typically, initially, movement, we'll talk about that when we get to the common sales model. Um, and then as things don't get better, you worry more. Um, right. Right. And so you avoid more. Yeah. And then you start to hurt more. Uh, and then you worry more. Right. That, that's that fear avoidance model. We talk about getting in this cycle. You know, how do you get off the roundabout? Um so the second part of that, when we start to look at the fear avoidance model, we talk about conceptualizing how we treat it and how to page, how do patients get into it? And then how do we treat it is as a common sense model? So really what the common sense model comes down to is a process by which individual individual makes sense of their pain and, and what it means now and moving forward. So when we talk about somebody that maybe bends forward hurts their back um, the common sense model for these patients says that, well, I bent forward that hurt my back. Um, and then patients oftentimes make the leap towards, instead of reassessing that uh, bending forward again, or trying some of those experiences of bending forward, because they think that's what hurt their back. They avoid it. bending forward, which is that mm-hmm. leap in common sense that causes people trouble because they don't bend forward. And maybe the pain doesn't increase because they're not bending forward. So they assume that not bending forward is the same as bending forward. So um, it's this leap in common sense uh, that we have to really focus on breaking that apart. Um, you know, and then that common sense, uh, that lack of bending forward, they talk about that in this article, tends to then grow as time goes on, right? So they had that misconception that not bending forward was the same as bending forward. They never really reassess that safety of bending forward they've just been avoiding it um, yep. and they infer that into similar activities Well, bending i'm going to avoid bending forward so i'm going to avoid vacuuming i'm going to avoid putting my shoes on i'm going to avoid picking up my kids uh, again all these activities that they're inferring um from this initial common sense leap that well, i bend forward it hurt my back so bending forward hurt my back um and then they start to go to dissimilar activities uh talked about that today lifting overhead you know well. Bending forwards a lifting task. So lifting something overhead is still a lifting task. So now that's something I avoid, even though that's a completely opposite movement. Now we're talking extension, right? <laughs> As you lift overhead, you tend to extend up. Um, yeah. Yeah. so now you're starting to avoid dissimilar activities <laughs> from the one you originally thought. So um, that's kind of how that common sense model comes around from the patient standpoint of how you get into fear avoidance model, and then the common sense then from our end is how do we create safe experiences for patients, whether that's graded exposure, um, different techniques to make the patient realize that bending forward isn't necessarily going to produce pain and that that activity is not a threatening activity. I guess that that's kind of a 10,000 foot view of it. I mean, I know that's probably sounding complicated, but. Mm
2: -hmm. No, I like uh, the thought of, you know, like, uh, our memories inform what we do, right? And mm-hmm. if you attach that to a, a fearful memory, like the last time I bent forward, <laughs> I was in excruciating pain. I was off of work for six weeks, right? Like, it is common sense yeah. to say, like, let me stop that. But then, like, like then what's our gap in there?
0: Like, how do we help them gain control over that again, right? And, yeah, uh, and it, it's interesting how you can get, well, we said it's a roundabout, right? They get stuck in that fear avoidance model. Um, yeah. I just, I ha- just had that instance, uh, this week where a patient came in saying them for something else, but they were like, oh man, you know, my, my hip's killing me. Oh, what's going on? Well, you know, I, I typically, I, I, I walk on a really high incline, really at a pretty slow pace. And I thought to myself, well, let's flatten this thing out. And I really want to work on my speed. Well, then my hip started hurting. <laughs> um, you know, so, so he quit on the treadmill you know, and that like, was a correlation yep, yep that was they the correlation that running changed, on the yeah, treadmill yeah. caused me pain um uh, avoided running on the treadmill um started mm-hmm. to again now uh, pain with walking pain with those kind of things again he's starting to infer based on the treadmill thing but it was just so interesting to go okay so how long did you try to run on the treadmill you know that first time it hurt mm-hmm. you know how many times did you try it since then well i, I instantly I stopped you know, I knew that was pure avoidance. You know, yeah. Cause me pain.
2: Right there. Uh, and, and here we were like
0: two or three weeks out. So, okay. So you you, you avoided the the treadmill because you thought it, 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 it caused you pain. Um, so it's gotten better since you stopped running. Oh, no. It's gotten a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, and as good soon as he said it, good opportunity to kind of relearn them a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Right. As soon as he said that, he was like, maybe I should mm-hmm. be running more, huh? I felt a lot better when I was doing that. I said, yeah, you know, and, and we did a full exam. And that's part of this thing that we talked about this article. You have to do a really thorough exam. And we we assessed yep. everything. You have to rule and,
1: out the big bads too. You yep. know, and
0: the only thing that really reproduced his symptoms was uh, um, like straight leg raise, some neurodynamic stuff on that side. And uh, palpation on the back, mm-hmm. hip didn't bother at all. Full hip motion, um, joint mobility of the hip, couldn't reproduce it at all. Pushed on his back a little bit. And he's like, oh yeah, that's my pain. Exactly. Um, so, you know, we, again, patients do want to they, they talk about the five dimensions uh, of this common, uh, or common sense model is, you know, what's the pain, what caused it, what are the consequences, what's the timeline, uh, and, you know, what's the ability to cure it or control yeah. it. So we did do this nice eval and said, you know, well, I think you're just really used to running on an incline, you flattened out probably put a little different stress on your back than you're used to. <laughs> you know, your body responded and said, Hey, we're used to running flexed forward. Cause that's what happens when you run or walk on an incline. Yep, you correct, yep. um, so you force your back into a more neutral or extended position that you weren't used to. And you tried to do that same amount of activity that you were doing flex forward. Uh, and your body just gave you a little bit of a signal to, Hey, back off a little bit. We're not ready for this activity yet to this extent. Um, you know, maybe had a little bit of swelling, that's probably why you're stiff and sore the next morning. And, but now you've been avoiding that activity that really your back was feeling great when you're on the treadmill. It's a very back healthy activity. Um, and you've stopped that and now your back's gotten worse, uh, inactivity. You can go into a whole brain smudging and, uh, uh, questioning why you're not moving activity, biopsychosocial model, if you want to get into a longer talk on it, but that, that's pretty it much like just, you're, it. Sounds like you're handling it really well you yep. know just listening to you lay it out there
1: and you're catching it at such a nice early time relatively
0: speaking oh yeah and he and he's one of those ones that he responds well to therapy you know he, he's he's at hook line and sinker right i mean he will we are our therapeutic alliance is super high i've seen him for multiple things and he's recovered very well quickly yeah. from multiple things so well I, hugely important he trusts you that's crux. Right, yeah right. that's the crux right I mean, I could have told uh, huh. him he had a posterior disc bulge and he needs to do a bunch of mackenzies to feel better, and he probably get better too. Um, but the fact <laughs> is that then I've created a poor narrative for later, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but well, I think it. I think it's. I think it's very cool that as we're. I'm kind of reading
1: through some of my highlighted portions from you know, the article itself, and when you read through this, people who are. You know, the qualitative study found that people with chronic back pain who gained control over their pain by modifying the way they move reported an ability to self-manage pain and flares while engaging in their valued goals. Among those who did not receive pain, who did not achieve pain control, some reported poorer outcomes of follow-up, whereas others reported that accepting the unpredictability and uncontrollability of pain. Or adopting a new and more positive mindset about the causes and consequences of pain enabled them to control their worry and still engage in valued activities. So that's kind of cool. It's showing that even in these subsets, they were seeing some, some level of benefit to doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was you know whether it was being able to manage pain and flare-ups, or whether it was just being able to just continue to stay active regardless of pain, you know, and not yeah. let it become disabling which is such
0: a huge
1: piece. Yeah. I and think that's,
0: that's a, a big, you know, the cure versus controllability, that fifth, fifth part of that common sense model too, is just yeah sometimes like making sure, and that, that'll be an interesting when we get to it, you know, like sometimes it's okay to, you know, take fear away from pain too, Correct. you know, not just fear away from the activity. I, I think sometimes we have to start there. But eventually you want to get people, like you said, to uh, not be afraid of pain, really. When, um, when pain
2: control is not achievable during this process, the focus is placed away from pain and towards the non-protection and reassurance that the activities safe yeah. while undergoing the process of greater exposure to personally relevant and functional lifestyle goals.
1: This is a great you practical, know, like, it's plan B, baby.
2: But it, but but I don't think it has to, like Casey said too. I don't know that it always has to be a plan B. I think honestly, I think planting those seeds during an ankle sprain are important, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you go, you yeah. go. Gosh, in this young. But I don't think
1: we're talking. I don't think we're talking about the same. Sorry, I don't think we're talking okay. about the same population though, right? And no. I, I, so I agree with I agree with you completely on that. But in this particular article, in this population, we're talking about people who dealt who battled this for years, right? Correct. And they've got. Like this one, the one case study example, a like 23 year history, we've all worked with
0: patients who've had
1: that, they've had, you know, a decade of pain. You, but well, no what do you
0: stop about, Jeremy's you know, population from becoming your population? Correct, that's what I'm saying. It's like,
2: what was the seed that led them to that population? And I, would, I would argue that it's pain equals damage, right? We stop because I, pain I'm equals not, damage. I'm not,
1: not, I'm not arguing with you, yeah. not at all, I, for that population. And, I, and I'm saying again, this is going to work, but I think we're speaking to like a different, more challenging subgroup. Yeah, And I like how you're talking about the fruits of it. And you're right. You're you're hundred percent. I agree with you completely on that, but that's it. That's also like a bigger 30,000 foot view of it. And it's like, that's long-term like 20 years from now, hopefully if we're all doing our jobs. Right. 20 years from now, we're not going to have the same percentage of chronic pain patients, right? Whether it's yeah. ankle, whether it's back, maybe it's, maybe it's the interface of both because they learned from your great ankle rehab that tissues heal; it's not going to be debilitating, and they can transfer that when they have back pain later on
2: in life. Correct, and you know? in, in the in the but in the like like the background. In this like, case, so, this
1: is like chipping. I, what I like about this is not chipping down, like this is breaking down
2: walls, man. Yeah, but I I look at it from the standpoint to say, like in the first like two sentences, it might be one long sentence in the background. Run on sentences. Chronic. That's <laughs> chronic pain is the leading cause of disability worldwide yeah the disability burden predicted to grow exponentially in the next two decades placing unsustainable strain on our health
1: it's kind of ungodly so, awful yeah.
2: so but then i look at that too and say like so again so we would say yeah these are people in a more chronic population but like so how how do their kids perceive that how do their family members yeah. perceive that how do their spouses perceive that and then what do those experiences lead to their own interpretation of pain? Oh, you're
1: hundred percent. Yeah, you know? if you could if you could get all those people together, and I think it does speak to that, right? Like the family yep. structure, or something like they need to be on board, or or it's better outcomes when the family's mm-hmm. support structures are there,
0: caregivers yep. are involved. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: again, violent agreement here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love it. Uh, you know, when you talk about the common sense model, that is one of those things that sometimes I mention to patients. You know, is here we are, 2022, like, think mm-hmm. of how jobs have changed. Like, think of those factory jobs in the 1800s or even the 1950s, 1940s, World War, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, think about the medicine we had. I mean, you know, cocaine and morphine, right? Like, um, you know, right. tylenol, yeah, tylenol hasn't yeah, been around illness, that long, right? Like, yeah, tylenol chronic pain illness is,
1: like, astronomical.
0: Yeah. That's where you're going, right? Yeah, right. Like that common sense model would tell you we've improved how we work. Like we have disability, we have PTO, we have OSHA, we have all this information on how to do your job safer. We have ergonomic chairs. It's only actually, you can statistically point back and say that's actually made it worse. Yeah. All this stuff has made it worse um and again that's why we talk about that you know psychosocial part of it because there's so much like the bio stuff should be better a medicine has gotten better our jobs have gotten safer um but debilitating uh, disability and persistent pain has gotten way worse you know so uh, that's too kind of one of those light bulb moments for patients sometimes too when we talk about the common sense model just as a whole when you look at like society when you start to talk about mm-hmm. Like why are you you know, why are we delving so much into my beliefs and you know what's going on? You know, it's like, well, because that's that stuff important now is probably more important. <laughs> matters <'cause> we've <laughs> we're killing it with the bio stuff. I mean, surgeries and equipment and everything's so much better. I mean, you can go to a, a factory job and have a exoskeleton on your body now that lifts seventy five percent of what you would have lifted fifty years ago, you know. Um, we have yeah. cranes that do all the lifting. You just got to guide it. Not every job. I mean, I am i don't mean to say everybody out here should just uh, not lift a single thing at work, but sit to stand desks, ergonomic chairs, special keyboards, special mice. Um, you know, think of those folks back on the typewriters that were just typewriting at a cruddy desk in a cruddy chair, like probably a folding chair yeah. for eight to 10 hours a day. <laughs> you know they didn't have a gel pad for their wrists they didn't have ergonomic keyboards you've seen a typewriter i mean yeah. good great yeah, terrible yeah terrible terrible if, if i typed on a typewriter for a day i, I bet i'd have carpal tunnel you know <laughs> like, i mean i would have those symptoms probably you know yeah. I, I don't oh, we're gonna have to tunnel, challenge
2: tunnel, we, we're gonna challenge that we system right there yeah. i think you're i think you're resilient enough to handle that you would have you would have done well
0: and so. the service has prepared me. So <laughs> yeah.
1: I always and unfortunately I think there's a lot of very altruistically natured individuals in healthcare. And then I think there's other driving mechanisms. I just sent you guys a graph that was that I, I saw online like a week ago, maybe. I think it's very interesting. Very interesting. You guys left a little sidebar offline yeah. view of uh, when it comes to healthcare dollars and expenses and stuff like that. Um and, and unfortunately, I think I do, I honestly believe a lot of that, a lot of where we're at right now was driven by financial gain within health systems too. You know, people who had a, too much of a skin in the game um, when they had opportunities to order services, you know, and thus with their patient relationship made recommendations that have, uh, in, move, however much they could legitimize them or rationalize them, they've created a lot of downstream consequence.
0: Yeah. And that's really hard to affect too. You know, that other, that Lancet article I sent out to you guys too, you know, it's interesting. You can even have an algorithm that tells you, you know, what you need to do. And these providers are just, you know, 25% of them still weren't following it. I mean, you know, (laughs) in a study where it's looking at adhering to this thing and they're still like, nah, you need some imaging. You need, you need a surgical consult right away. But I think Um, a lot of that's, a lot of that's pushed by, patients too right and their beliefs it's like
2: i i need this mri to know well why do you want to have surgery no i just want to know what's going on yeah and you're like
0: mm
2: -hmm. that's
0: hard you know because we talk about it um you know patient-led care right i mean you want your patients to be part of the decision-making process you know Mm -hmm. Um, as far as you know what's going to work with you frequency duration you know what times a day can you do your exercises how many exercises do you think you can fit cool. in a day you know we're like we're trained to you know talk about that stuff but when it comes yeah. to the other end and the patient's really pushing for things you don't think are medically the correct thing that is a hard conversation to have you know i have a patient right now correct. that's just uh, you know, heck bent on getting a second uh cortisone shot for a frozen shoulder, you know, and it's like, mm. man, like I wouldn't have recommended the first one, you yeah. know, yeah. um, and two weeks later, once a second, and just uh, really perseverating on the fact that it's not going to feel good until this person gets it. So, those are hard messages, you know, <laughs> to break without. Just <laughs> given this per- I've given this person research articles on you know frozen shoulder, not specifically to say that cortisone would or wouldn't work, but you know that's within the research articles. Um, you know, you can try to try to educate as much as you can, but they're not yeah. going to necessarily believe me. That's a wild yeah. chart, Nick.
3: Woo.
1: Isn't it? Woo. Pretty mind blowing.
2: I haven't even looked Woo. at
1: healthcare that. expenses since. When did it start? Was it was it the last two can- years?
2: uh yeah january 2000 to june 22 uh like 200 and if i had to guess like 20 220 increase in healthcare care expense the number one thing number
1: one uh largest increase in expense in the united states
0: yeah you should have uh, pulled that up on your computer and shared it with the youtube audience but all out next time yep. you'll get it next time. yeah
1: price changes <laughs> the next closest is college tuition and fees hold on car. college textbooks Medical care services. So we're, we're two of the top four right there. Yeah, number one and number four.
2: they are. Then you look at things all over hundred twenty percent.
1: Comparatively speaking, things that are more affordable than they were in two thousand are like um, new cars, clothing, cell phone services, computer software, actually, toys, and TVs. You know, pretty pretty interesting. You know, when you break this whole
0: thing down. TVs um, must be like cheaper now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah way way
2: cheaper. Yeah, they're down yeah. by like almost a hundred percent. They got 90%. one thing right.
0: I got like seventeen in my house now.
2: But they so say the overall what I mean,
0: inflation rate is seventy-five percent old. <laughs> really? So it,
1: it, 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 it's it's Wild. so when you read that and you see it, it 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 shines this mirror back at shit shine back at in the industry. Yeah, and anybody who's listening, any anybody who's got a decision to make on, you know, what their doctor is asking to do at least orthopedically based on musculoskeletal pain, it's like, gosh, what is really motivating this? And I think it, well, if more of this information gets out, more people understand it, um, and can make more informed decisions, and yeah. and also and, and and additionally understand that there's successful pathways that don't involve surgical interventions. They don't involve injections. Um, and you can get better well, you and can that, get back to life, but you got to want that, you know, and you said this too, Jeremy, you got to want to, though. the patient yeah. has to want to, Yeah. and they got to want to believe in it too. You mm-hmm. can't just, you know, be a matter of, well, I was told this and I'm just going to blindly lead it. It's somebody else's fault.
2: Well, and to know that there's a choice there, right? Like I've had multiple people tell me like, man, you know, I had, you know, this is poo-pooing back surgery, but I I had back surgery, but I was in so much pain I I didn't know there was another choice. You know, like and uh yeah, it's tough. It's tough when you're in that because that pain experience does shake up your life. Uh but mm-hmm. still to know that there is a choice and um
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: Challenge. Uh, challenge. That is
0: the hardest part and that, this article doesn't touch on that a whole lot, but yeah, that willingness no. to, that willingness to change is really hard. And, it it, is. and, and it's tough, uh, Nick, I think, I think that was on air when you talked about sympathetic versus empathetic, um, you know, that's yeah. a big deal, you know, and how can you really make these patients believe they can get better? I think that's a struggle too sometimes. And, it, and it's tough, sometimes that message coming from me, you know, I just don't have those experiences with patients and I've been a uh, blast, you know, I've been very lucky, um, to have good upbringing, uh, good education, uh, good health through all this stuff. Um, you know, avoided DUIs at, uh, rock in the hills and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, I was going to uh, <laughs> make a comment, but... <laughs> you know, so it is, it's hard for me to deliver you know, because I, I do believe it, because and I think we all believe it, because we've had plenty of patients with uh, beautiful success stories. I know you guys have. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I do Roger. believe it in my heart of hearts. When I tell patients you can get better, but <clears throat> how to put that out there so the patient believes I'm not just blowing smoke too? I, I think that's really tough. Yeah. And, and that's a, and kind was- of where society's at too. Is like, well, you know, you tell me this. Uh, it's easy for you to say. You know, you're a therapist. You got all the money in the world. Uh, that's one of the, also a miss. <laughs> uh, we know. talked about the money
3: bin
1: many times. right? Um,
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you have, but we do have good money. I, I, I don't, you know, if you're smart with your money, we have a good profession for that way. If you watch your, watch what you're doing. Um, but we have education. We, you know, we have good families. So that's educate. I think he's
1: education is probably the biggest thing. In all yeah. Yeah. But to your point now, I, I have had, I've had, um, uh, Left-sided lumbar pain and radiculopathy so bad I had foot drop back in 2009. Rehab myself through it with some help of a couple other people. So I have empathy. And I can share these stories on occasion with a person who I feel needs to hear it. But again, Jeremy's probably heard me say this to death. But using the old idiom, like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Some people totally dig that. And it works. It empowers them. And they say, oh, it can be done. Other people are like, well, that's you, Mm -hmm. not me. Right. You know, and they're they're stubbornly married. They're they're almost married to this identity as someone in pain. Yeah. And then you then you really question like, do you truly want to get better? Um, you know, what's driving some of those sociologic uh, inputs?
0: Yeah, I had yeah. this. To... Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. Go no, ahead,
1: Jeremy. no, you're
2: good. No, I was just gonna come, say, on, come on, Gary. I had the <laughs> I had the same conversation with the patient. He was telling me about just a life story from someone who's close to him and the, 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 story, like, right. Like we always tell ourselves stories, no matter where we yeah. are, we what do. we're doing, what our education level is. But, you know, he, he goes, you know, gosh, she just told herself the story that this is how I grew up. This is what I am, you know? And it's like, well, yeah, you can grow up anyway but there's always a choice, right? Like yeah, at the end of it, there's always a choice. You could say like, I'm not going to be that. Or you could be like, ah, eh, it's just my genetic makeup. That's my DNA. That's what I'm going to do. You know? And, and that was powerful to hear from a patient. I was like, man, preach, man. Like that's so true. You can grow up anyway. And, and, you know, like maybe people say, ah, the American dream is dead. You can't do anything. I, I don't know. I think you can. It's, it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't what mean it's gonna, easy.
1: What you're going to say? I'm going to I'm going to spin right off of that, and whether you guys agree or just I think you'll agree. I think in a lot of ways, ongoing like initial and ongoing leadership training that I've had has made me a better therapist. Yeah, because you're 100 percent like the stories. I believe that stories. You're just a product of the stories you tell yourself. Yeah, that's 100. You can people, and, and it's so apparent. You know, when you see it in real life or you see the rubber meet the road, people, people perceive situations differently,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and there's, there's obviously we go on example after example of like shitty, shitty experiences people have overcame because they viewed it as, Hey, this is just setback. God's teaching me something. And I'm going to, I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to grow as a human being, you know, conversely, you can have little, you can have people who freaking stub their toe and it's like, why is this always happening to me? Why am I always getting hurt? Right. Yeah.
2: and it's
1: like man, yeah if you keep telling yourself that that's exactly the life you're gonna have
2: but i you know i think that ties in though right belief systems are strong so strong the brain is strong
0: <laughs> I like 50
1: percent of our talk today case he was on psychology truly yeah. it was
0: it is yeah and i think that's that's tough because you talk about beliefs i mean our parents do so much damage to us um sorry dad i know you listen or not positive or positive right but yeah. but it's so hard. i love you nitro <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, nitro good guy so you know, uh but that that's the tough part when you say like you, you can choose what you do i i totally agree with that i think and nick like you said uh, we've had these abilities to find those uh things that motivate us and get us going and it, it's just so hard i wish there was a way to find that for everybody, you know, and how do we address that from an early age, and how do you really you know I remember we had with like guidance counselors you can be anything you want to be uh, here to take this test, never mind like it says you should be a janitor um, you know like there's just i don't know i I struggle with that because I believe I agree with you guys i I think you can lift yourself up by your bootstraps and go, but you have to like have something to start with and when it's been beat down for so long, like how do we get there with people
2: jeremy so can I hearken back to episode twenty-nine?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like what well, well, the last episode? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Brady. I lost
2: track. Bra- yeah, Brady, Brady Bio Girls. Like that kind of stuff is huge, right? Yeah. Like having yeah. having those people that aren't your parents, right? Because you anybody mm. can get a mixed bag, right? You could have the the yeah,
3: you angelic. Your you're,
2: right. or... you're right. You could have the 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 best family structure in the world or you could have the worst right but like i still believe that those ancillary people that come into your lives at different totally. points in times mm-hmm. Speak are huge it. are huge so you know to have at least you know again and like any of this stuff like i don't know that any one conversation does it they're mm-hmm. like oh well i was educated that this is safe so i'm great now right like yeah. it's repeated information and so you like see,
1: you see it all the time
2: dude. planting Give, preach, seeds man like, planting seeds you know
1: look at look at siblings who are vastly different now you yeah. have you know, you have some family structures in which the siblings are like eerily similar right yeah similar belief structures um, success levels blah 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 right that's out there i'm not saying that doesn't exist yeah but there's also a, a wide gamut of examples of people who have like completely the same parents but but you know one successful one's constantly digging out of debt one's you know living a good life one's always in pain one's always got problems i think problems are the other issue here i think i would almost say it's synonymous with pain in some ways people some people i jerry Jerry jayers hear me people like to have problems i think people it gives them identity it gives them purpose they could sit there and say, well, I have a problem. I'm the guy with the bad back. People pay attention to me now,
3: right? Yeah.
1: Like when I don't have a bad back or when I'm not in pain all the time, nobody really gives a damn about me, Yeah. you know? And I've experienced that on a micro level. I felt it like in a micro level after my quad last year, I was so blessed for like two straight weeks outpouring of people reaching out to me. And that lifts, I mean, man, my, I probably seem like such a weirdo to anybody who is close around me because I was in great spirits, even under the shittiest of circumstances, because yeah. I couldn't do anything that I love to do. And you guys know I love to train. And it was like, that dries up. Yeah. You know, two weeks go by and people go, and that's just what happens. I didn't blame a single person, but those texts like stop coming in. Right. Those emails stop coming in the calls yeah. like check-ins. And you know what? You hit a point where it starts getting lonely, and I, I'm that's that really happened. And I I even I journal. started journaling a few years back, and I was looking back on some some entries because tomorrow will be exactly a year since my surgery. What, I was, just like, what was going through what, what was going through my headspace right at that yeah. time? That's kind and of interesting cool like, to look back at. Yeah. yeah, and there and and the first again like I'm just from J- July 31st which was the injury, August 5th was surgery. And then the next few weeks, he was like super positive. I'm, I'm journaling. I'm representing people who sent me a little gift, people who stopped by the house, we just moved into the house. Um, all these things that I was so grateful for. And then, like, it was about two and a half weeks afterwards. And it's like, ah, rough night of sleep, more pain, really feeling sorry for myself, right? Feeling isolated, feeling lonely, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's where then the bitterness can come in, right? Because I'd return to work. I talked to Jerry about this. Like I pushed and I'm like, I'm just going to get my ass back to work and I'm going to handle all this shit and, and I'm going to, yeah, right. I'm just going to do it. And then you look back like months later and you're like, what the hell for? Like, who was I trying to serve and who was I trying to please? Right. And you have these ups and downs and they're just, they're cyclical, but, but I was, a, I feel like I was able to overcome that because I know that it's not going to persist forever. At least I have that knowledge base.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't, don't think heal. other,
1: not exactly. Not everybody has that. So they can get really dark places and they can choose to stay there too.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And who knows? I could, you know, maybe I should go on other route. Oh shit. Reaching out to everybody. Oh my God. lift a prayer for me because my knees really sore today. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, man. Okay. Maybe I'll get a reply.
0: Yeah. No, it, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's cool that you journaled through that and had that, uh, look back ability. You know, to again give you that empathy too, and to remind yourself how hard it can be for our patients. I think it is easy to uh, lose that uh, sometimes. You know, I mean, even Brady alluded to it as an athletic trainer. It's like, just get better. I got it. Come on. Um, but yeah, to just have that mindset and see that change. And I think that's. I guess the last part of this, there's a lot more of this article to go. I think we should probably finish later uh, with yeah, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. an aspect of time. <laughs> we can cover the treatment part of it again in a different episode. But um, what do you think with that patient who, you know, you feel like the back pain is the identity um, and they don't have that desire to feel better per se right now? Like, where do you go? What do we do?
1: I I think the best thing you go ahead, Jeremy. I talked too much recently.
2: No, you're good,
0: man. Uh, I was going to say,
2: I think a lot of times, like, you know, again, they, they talk about the, the interviewing process, right? Like
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I've always loved those questions. Like, well, what what would you do if you weren't in pain? Right. Like I can't do anything because Mm -hmm. this is me. Right. And, you know, like just finding out what makes them tick or what made them tick, before the injury or before pain occurred. And, you know, just, again, just like trying to like softly expose them to that, like, okay, well, you might not run yet, but we're walking, right? Like that's a step towards that. And it's just like always that soft reminder of like, Hey, we're getting there. Right. Like this Mm -hmm. doesn't, we didn't, we didn't get here overnight. We're not going to get there overnight. Um, but you know, we're, we're getting, you know, and, and, uh, lot of encouragement you know it's like i don't know i think that's draining part of our job right mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just always like the you're just like pouring into people
0: yeah you time. have to give. <laughs> i mean you have to give yeah i think
1: it, i think it can be but i think it could also be uplifting if you can yeah. be honest yeah. i can be yeah. I, I think if you're i've learned to be more and more honest and i i wish i'd treat more patients Yeah, i wish i could treat more of these patients because mm-hmm. i used to not enjoy it so much and now I you get pulled away it. I like enjoyed that, that. No, no, I'm saying like that population, right? Oh yeah, like yeah. Specifically, hmm. like I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I pull, I pull away too. But um, I think you gotta be honest, but yeah. but with heart, and it comes down to like what life do you want to have. Yeah. You know why? Why like you can you can have a large role to play, patient A, in breaking the cycle of your your emotional and your physical pain, because I don't believe those two are different
0: no uh, it's all yeah yeah i think uh you know at least for me i guess it, it comes down to yeah trying to find those like i find it hard to believe people want to be in pain um but maybe that is just the identity that they're stuck in I, i'm in certain words but yeah it's like let's Let's find joy in something. Let's try it. Yeah. It's that gratitude. I think that's a big thing to get people back into that because they sit in such a negative headspace. Yeah. Um, and that, But I, I sound like such a freak sometimes when I tell patients like uh, we're going to focus on gratitude this week. Like I really want you to smile at people this week. I want you to make a concentrated effort to hold the door open uh, for everybody behind you. Because you talk about this like identity or whatever you want to call it, that negative headspace you get caught into, like until you can do some positive things, it's so hard to get out of. So that gratitude thing mm-hmm. seems so weird, um, and it seems so minor, and it seems like not a therapy thing. Do you, were you at that? P, were you at that PPS where they had us do the superhero posture? Uh, Boy, I don't think I don't, was at I don't that
2: I don't, I don't know was, if you were uh, Casey. That was uh, Ryan Estes. Ryan Estes. Um, <laughs> and there's, boy. there's yeah there's there's good research behind that though right like smile at yourself in the mirror for 30 seconds like strike yep, a confident true. pose for a minute and that changes that headspace right like we know that there's delivery of neurotransmitters that uh, has the ability to change that so mm-hmm. like you said you feel kooky but i i don't know i think that's- i think it's a right line with what go. you should be doing. I, I hear you. I love <laughs>
0: yeah, it. I think we should do it with more patience. Uh, if I'm gonna be honest, I probably should do it with everybody. Like, yeah, um, you know, saying thank you, saying please, like it's just little things like that. You know, it, it's so minor, but when you feel so shitty all the time, like you put your head down and you just go on your day, and um, you don't soak in those moments of like. Hey, this person actually did hold the door for me or, you know, like the, Mm -hmm. you know, the person at the drive through, you know, asked me how my day was going. Like, thank you. My day is going good. How is your day going? Like, um, those are such minor things. Uh, And again, they just, yeah, they feel like they're minor, but they're so huge, especially when Mm -hmm. that's like the only thing you got because the exercises suck. Uh, uh, the P&E, the homework <laughs> I give you sucks. Like, right. I mean, it's because like, I don't give people things that are like, oh, this is instantly pain relieving. I love this. I'm going to do it all the time. Like uh, for a lot of my patients, there isn't that thing, you know, uh, acute, acute pain. Yeah. Oh, here, you're, you're going to love this. This is going to feel great. Do this. Um, that works great. But yeah, those persistent pain patients. Um, and again, another time we'll talk about the treatment wise, but sometimes it's so hard to find that thing like that. Yeah, isn't, you're right. Isn't painful? Isn't crushing? Isn't frustrating? Like everything seems like it's so daunting when you come to therapy when you've been hurting for thirty years. Yeah. Um. So sometimes those little things, journaling. Nick, I have people journal. You know, I'm yeah. a, I'm a big proponent of that. I think journaling's cool. Breathing, uh, all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I think uh, let's table this. Uh, yeah. It, I have to admit, Nick, you're right. Because I used to uh, hate treating
1: this population <laughs>
0: it's hard nick i
1: got a room now oh, I mean? no we you got didn't. a room at the clinic if you ever want to
0: plug her in or you want to do like a six month or with me yeah let's do that come on mm. over uh yeah i think we'd have fun
1: i think I, I think there's a lot going through my head right now as we're talking and just like it's empowering it's fire fires me back up and it's like dude you, you just want to be the, able to
0: you can have a fun suite at, you can the corner when you can have items.
1: like when you can have fun, open, honest conversations with patients and not sit there and be like, "Ah, oh, here's your this is why it's
2: all delivery, here. man. And this is it's yeah. all delivery. How do you how do you deliver that same information? You know, That's, you know what else? You know, what, I, you know what else I'm gonna helps? seem weird, but you know I love
0: to cry with my patients. That's like one of my favorite. Do things you to do? Yeah, because I was just about to say I'm, I'm.
1: It's not lack of empathy, but I'm almost gonna counter that with something you might not like.
0: Oh, okay.
1: But like I'm almost getting to oh, like, fish. hey, I'm gonna tell you what I believe, and if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to come back. Ooh, because I don't. Because if you don't care about getting better, I don't care if you better.
2: You didn't say and that I, when you were an owner. No,
1: and I, no, and I, and I don't say it that way. I need way.
0: you three times a week.
3: <laughs>
1: I didn't, and I and I don't. I still don't say it exactly that way. But I, I'm speaking more uh, aggressively with you guys. But still, at the end of the day. You know, if, I can't say anything that's going to be intellectually dishonest or something that I don't believe in either.
2: Correct. You know? And you said that too, like right? Like, no one, no one should, no one should care about getting better more than you, right? So yeah. that's that's the the same message in a definitely softer nutshell.
3: Yeah.
2: You'll, same you'll
1: thing I say like
0: when the when the, Vikings, like when the Vikings
1: lose <laughs> when the Vikings lose and I and I find myself upset, like, they don't care. Why should I care?
0: Correct. Yeah. Correct. I, you know, and I guess. I would agree in some aspects of, yeah, you have to want your own care. And maybe that's beyond our scope for those patients that aren't there, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's boy, that's a tough part, though, is like, how do you get patients to care about their therapy when they don't care about themselves? You know? Yeah. I, I, or so or if like they a, don't have
2: food on the table. Or yeah, right. I
0: mean, so it so is. So many
2: aspects to it.
0: Yeah. I don't want to ever tell somebody like, Hey, if you don't like what I'm saying, you know, get the F out of here. Like, um, but again, maybe it is beyond my scope. Uh, I would say a lot of my too many visits failed therapy, sit at home at night, um, and stew over it. Are those patients? If I'm going to be honest with myself, like I tried, tried to take the puppy home and raise it. Um, you know, um, but I want to get there i want to get those tools and that ability when the patient comes in that deep down wants to get better dude that uh, so just isn't there me, you know
2: that means like to me though that's like that's why you're a good therapist man like that's <laughs> why you always Maybe be. we need
0: a different team you know and maybe that comes back to the lifestyle ah. medicine thing you know uh, should we have a multidisciplinary team available to us you know i would love I was thinking about we this should? today because it's so frustrating because uh, we met with a back surgeon and a great guy, but the same kind of deal. Like, hey, tell us about these new surgeries. Yep. You got to fail conservative care for six months before you qualify for the surgery. You have uh, things like that, it. you know, um, <laughs> and it, it's, it's a messaging to us. I don't know if he says that to patients and I'm not going to assume that. But like, it's so frustrating. Like, why aren't we the first people that people see then? Insurance knows you have to go through these hoops. You have to try conservative stuff because it's the best bet. It's the cheapest. It's the best. But we're still the third, second and third people that you see down the line. Like I and, should be the person you have. Yeah. I should be the person that has to send you to an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. yeah. Preach. It's so frustrating. But anyways, because yeah. yep. man, these patients need help. Uh, they really do. I mean, uh, yeah. again, like they, maybe their identity right now is the patient in pain. <laughs> We got to figure out how to get you out of that. How to get you, how to, get you to care about yourself. Um, but Yes. Anyways, they need to get help or they
1: need to take help.
0: But yeah. I will say, there are at least Ooh. five songs in my life I never cared about. But now I do. And I that's like what it. this top five is about.
1: It's about ch- turning over new beef.
0: It's about or changing making our Correct. Uh, it's about finding things that maybe our life put us in a position not to like uh love love we've <laughs> come around we've learned we've grown we're different people yeah. we're we're not rocking in the hills uh tea drinkers anymore we're responsible Damn. adults that like music maybe even like Nickelback sure. we'll find out I don't I, know yep this rehab, is our top rehab, five we have Nickelback fan this is our, this our top five, five. <laughs> this is exciting
1: this folks. Is our top five it's kind of fun so songs 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 that at one point, maybe when it first came out, maybe through a long period of time, we did not necessarily care for it. Left a bad taste in the eardrums. And at like some point, time. it eventually it eventually um, made a little 180 in our, in our brains. So now uh, we enjoy it. So that's kind of just the background here. Um, I can go first. I can kind of kick it off if you guys are okay with that. You guys want yeah. to?
0: Yeah, uh, I uh, yeah I've uh, I'll, I'll second or last, I'm fine either way. Uh, uh, Gerald, do you have a, a preference? Gerald, <laughs> Gerald with a G. Gerald, yeah, of course. Gerald. Gerald, Gerald. I can be anywhere too. Of am Rivera. I, I'll finish it off. I haven't. I don't know if I finished one off. Yeah, there
1: we go. Okay, I like it. Okay, um, I'm gonna kick off my number five with the band that's near and dear to my heart. Um, we kind of soft dropped a little bit of this album a while back. Uh, kicking off number five, my number five is Frantic by Metallica. Uh, when it initially came out, I thought it was uh, ridiculously shitty and way beneath them, um, very hollow sounding from where they've been. Um, and there was also a lot of drama going on with them, uh, coming off a of Napster, having a documentary, some kind of monster film, and you hear about all the drama in the band. So that wasn't doing me any favors. However, over the years... You know, it shows up every now and again, like my shuffle, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can live with this, right? And it's grown on me, and now I can really appreciate the energy, a little bit of the animus behind it. So um that's my number five, Metallica, Frantic, Tick Tick, tick, tock.
3: <laughs>
0: that's that song. <laughs> yeah,
3: Frantic. tick 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 oh, God.
0: Tick, tick tick. Okay. Oh, that song is shit. Um uh, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why was well, it even well, in your you shuffle? If you hated
0: it, <laughs> I like you're a glutton for punishment. Uh,
1: because that's
0: well, how you make it. Because I basically music. add
1: because on Amazon Music we do Music Unlimited on um, there. Um, yeah, service. which our podcast and is
0: I, located on for anybody listening. Correct. Yes, anybody listen. Oh, right. Subscribe. Um, not you,
1: Patreon members, <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're uh, but at the you same are. time, uh, I added like every album you know oh, okay. over there, yeah. so shuffle through.
0: So you have these playlists of just like fifty thousand songs?
1: Uh, no, not the playlists. I can just go to the band and hit gotcha. shuffle. So it just and, sits on your
0: yeah. songs. So it'll shuffle through all their
1: albums. Yeah.
0: I like to curate a nice playlist for my mood.
1: I, I have I have some running playlists. Mm-hmm. I have a little. Uh, I have playlists I've created and modified over the years for uh, when I do the Murph every year. A little bit heavier. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this yeah. won't surprise you, but I, I curated a, a playlist of like the saddest songs I could ever find. You're um, so emo.
1: So emo.
0: So whenever I have a student, I would play that That was non-stop. me doing a hair flip. Yeah. I would play this nonstop <laughs> during their last week because they're leaving me and I wanted them to feel just <clears> absolutely <throat> terrible about abandoning me Um, and I'd have yeah. to do my own paperwork again. Um, but again, no no surprise to the listener that has now become my favorite playlist, and it's pretty much the only thing I listen to. Oh, so. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> yeah. okay. I, I, care, I care about myself. I I think you can like sad music. Uh,
2: my number five here, here. is a song that came out in 1999, okay. uh, by the Backstreet Boys. Mm. Uh. <sighs>
0: Is it everybody? I want it that way. No,
2: it's I want oh. it that way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so good. So in terms of like, how, gosh, I was in like eighth grade when it came out. And all the girls, like it, like I had like three or four girls on either side of me in alphabetical name.
0: Every day. And they plastered their, their
2: lockers. No, no. They were forced <laughs> there by the alphabet. Oh, uh, but their there. lockers were plastered with. Backstreet Boys, right? I don't, I don't know what that magazine was, but it, it was all Team like beat? boy bands, probably, yeah, TV. Um, but just plastered and all. Ah, Backstreet Boys suck. So does Insane. And then uh, we got to cop, like we got to college, and like that was like that was ended up on the playlist at some point in time, and you're just belting it out. At, you know, nineteen <laughs> you years uh... old. Don't yeah. no, don't stop. The we're, gonna one. Get,
3: the one. we're gonna get. We're
2: gonna get. We're gonna get dinged by Spotify. We will. Uh, <laughs> Spotify. Copyright infringement. <laughs> but that's my number five. Uh, Backstreet awesome. Boys. I want it that way. Yeah,
0: All right. That's that a good choice. I thought of a few different uh, boy bands when I was going through this list. Because same thing. You, know, you talked about when we very yeah. first started. Like I was too macho and too cool. To uh, in the
1: nineties, you had to hate them.
0: Oh I mean, yeah. Eminem oh was, man.
1: Eminem was Biscuit. Yeah. We're just shitting
0: on him. I, right right. I was going to say, how much did you love that Eminem song? Uh, but I, yeah. I, but I remember like uh, New Kids on the Block. Man, when I was a kid, I, you had to hate New yeah. Kids on the Block. Uh, uh, Nick, yeah. you've said some choice words before, but yeah, everybody would consider <laughs> you uh, to fall into that group if you had a mean older brother. If you mm, liked, yeah, I mean, yep. you, my, my mean older brother would have said that yeah. word. Yeah, we're not going to repeat yep. it. But, anyways, Turd. yeah, that. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of, from a young age, Turd. hated boy bands. Um, and, yeah, now? I guess, but. I was probably a closet boy band fan from the start, so it didn't quite make my list because of that, because I was always like, that's actually a pretty solid song. Like Some
1: bangers in yeah. there.
0: <laughs> like I would be sitting at home watching much music on the satellite and be like, that song's killing it. Like, yeah. yeah, but then I'd go to school and be like, yeah, they're the worst. Like They just kiss each other and they don't really like girls. Yeah, they suck. Step by step. Ooh, <laughs> oh, yeah. baby. Don't really like girls. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Good I'm one, sure Jerry. all Sorry. those gals throwing themselves at them—they're just like, no, no, man. no. Yeah. All right. Good What's choice. your number five? A numeral five from 1992. <laughs> uh, little setup. I, I told you guys guys this before. A big new metal fan. Corn was a big, uh, probably one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band. And most of these new metal bands uh, would say that the Cure was a huge influence for them. They're like, oh, yeah, The Cure Man, Robert Smith. He, uh, so deep, uh, really emotional stuff. Uh, so I was like, wow, well, I got to listen to these guys. They're obviously hardcore, right? Badass, like these guys. And the song would be Friday I'm In Love. Because that was kind of their big hit around so the early 90s. Oh, so good. And I turned it on and I'm like, you, you go out at that time and you get the album and you're like, oh, I'll plug this in. This must be the jam. Because you had no way of checking if you liked the band before or not. And like, it's this upbeat, uh, just almost like, a, I don't know, a dance. kind but of. He numbers. could overcome the sadness of the rest of the week. Yeah, and it's like this happy love song. And I'm like, the Cure sucks. Like the Cure is terrible. They were, they were talking about Friday I'm in Love
1: though. Those guys were no, talking they were, about. But
0: I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that they were. <laughs> like yeah. I yeah. didn't know there was eight albums before that. There they're just like sitting in God. the dark. So like I assume they're freaking this was, awesome. Yeah, I assume this was what the Cure was. Like I thought the Cure was like this dance pop thing where uh, it was just show tunes. I don't know if you guys ever remember. <laughs> I think the movie is called like uh, Dead Man on Campus. You guys remember that movie? Yeah, 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 Where like the one roommate's super dark, Paul Gosar, baby. Yeah, Zach and the Morris, one roommate's yeah. dark and gothy, and they think he's gonna kill himself because he's so goth, and then he's yeah. in the bathroom yeah. singing show tunes. I was like, "That's what the Cure is. That's what this is all about." So I didn't listen to the Cure. I refused to listen to the Cure for I don't know <laughs> twenty years. I was like, "These guys are garbage." And you uh, yeah. out. So it uh, turns out I was uh and actually love that song now i think it's a great song it's always in my rotation it's one of my the other playlist i have is a friday's jam playlist that i play out work on friday sometimes Ooh. get me pumped up for the weekend uh and this is one that hits it man every time it's it's fun it's the, the beats cool uh the music's uplifting so yeah it's just a, a total 180 like hated it and now it's definitely one of those songs that weekly i probably listen to so yeah. That'd awesome. be uh Friday. I'm in love, the cure, 1992. Great, great stuff. <clears throat> um,
1: uh, my number four. Hmm. More based on the individual here. Hmm? Um, it is a song by John Mayer.
0: And I had a, a, but a it's
2: wonderland. <laughs> uh, no, this was after that. It was Careful, post took me a long spot on. It took me a long, me a long
0: time
1: <laughs> to come around on Johnny. Um, Heartbreak Warfare, 2009.
3: And it's
1: it, it, kind of the first song of his that I really, truly enjoyed. Um, I I really, like, first of all, none of his earlier songs hit with me. And then um, I always felt like he, he, at least vocally, he was like a Dave Matthews ripoff. I always felt like, hey, you know, he's he's kind of going with this, like, staccato, kind of higher-pitched voice, and eh, I just didn't like it. I'm like, You're gonna, uh, shut up, John there. And then the I warfare came out and I like, oh, a stupid ass song. another crappy one. And then mm, I don't know, five, six months later, I was like, you know what? <clears throat> I don't mind it. I don't hate it. And then I kept listening and I'm like, I actually kind of enjoy it. being quite honest with myself. And then he put out half my heart after that. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a John Mayer fan. I mean, maybe this is cresting over and now I really, really enjoy John Mayer's music. Uh, his last album, was very, very good um, called Sob Rock. Um, I would recommend that. Um,
0: sob. S-A-B yeah. like the car? No, Sob. S-O-B. S-O-B. You're crying oh, like a big sad
1: boy that you are. Oh
0: yeah, that's my thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe I'll put him on yeah. the, the sad songs playlist. I gotta soak yep. it in. Yep. dude. So Heartbreak Warfare. Uh, got me into John Mayer and mm. turned the tide.
0: Dave Chappelle All got me once. into John Mayer. Ooh. Isn't that the old skit where he plays guitar for white people? That was great. <laughs> that was great. I was and like, this dude's guitar on Chappelle, player. he's cool. I started Gotta listening give to the idea. Yeah. Okay. Plus he okay. was with a lot of attractive gals. He was. He yeah. was. He's done. shout out. He lived that life.
2: Yep. Uh, jeremy yeah,
1: your are number four please
2: uh, my number four is uh based off my uh general dislike for this artist uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 2014 uh mm-hmm. taylor swift mm-hmm.
0: uh mm-hmm. shake it off um mm-hmm. so, uh, so many hits
2: yeah she a lot mm-hmm. of hits um 1984 uh i I think so
0: yeah that's Uh, a banger top to bottom
2: so i'm like you you hear it initially and you're like oh gosh taylor swift sucks she doesn't have a genre um yeah but uh no
0: it's just like a good feel good
2: song it's just a good feel good song like high energy and uh i might i might dance around when it comes on now i'm just saying are you guys talking about, was the album 1989? 89, yeah. They, 89, yeah, because yeah, that's born, was, was it when she 89. was born or something like that. Yeah. That's why we have a producer. That's how much I hate her. I don't know what her album's called. Uh, it was I'm
1: an 80-something. So yeah.
0: yeah. She, was like a sweet, something.
1: she was a sweet girl for a while, um, you know, and, and had some good stuff. And then it's like, I don't know.
0: Was she, she connected was to John like, Mayer for a while? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. She was on his single, Half My Heart. Yeah, mm. they did.
2: They they did collaborate. To what one. song did I bet she wrote a song about him too?
0: Oh, lots of them. Yeah, she probably. did. She did. Um, right. Yeah, blank is like called Hey John" or something. What oh, was that? What it was. I thought she was I the hate. Blank I, hate I hate John. I hate John. Who could you be talking about?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, she's still got my cup of tea. It's hard hard to come around too because I got a daughter who. Man, I mean, my daughter is kind of like
2: cooled off on her. Yeah, because she's but,
0: good. I love Taylor kind of like, Swift. <laughs> Oh, do you? Yeah, big fan, actually. Not a no, not a lie at all, man. Uh, once That's you got away from and... the country stuff, I really like her pop stuff. Mm. That's she just my evolution my, music. I like. My pop music, I don't no. think she's. I don't think she's exceptional in either one. Brag <clears throat> right about it.
2: Very average. Okay, so. oh, yeah. so. uh, uh, my number four. Easy. Uh, hold on. <laughs> Go uh, on. Yes. Uh,
0: <laughs> a jam from 2005. Uh, a, a band we've alluded to uh, would be yeah. uh, the song is a uh, Nickelback photograph. Oh Ooh. all right, so let me explain myself okay uh yes. actually, I was kind of a fan of Silverside up the album you know it was uh yep. Yep. right when there was like a million bands like that coming out uh Nickelback default uh Horizon was uh that band name like that uh, mm-hmm. fuel yep. all these bands that were like the next step like. They took the new metal thing and they're like, let's soften it up, become way more popular. Post grunge, yeah, yeah post grunge, puddle of yep. mud, all these bands. It was just a million of them, um, and they were all decent. Like I think they all had pretty decent debut albums. Uh, Silver Side Up, I think, was Nickelback's second album. Um, yep. And then they, then Nickelback just got super popular they did the the spider-man soundtrack thing uh wings of a hero or whatever that was with the yeah saliva mm-hmm. guy or the see the guy saliva yep guy. saliva guy yeah very um, good yeah. so they flew into the stratosphere and then it was cool to shit on them like everybody hated them yeah like, everybody yeah. just
1: flipped on them like yeah, really if you like
0: rock music you couldn't like nickel back and then this album that i all the right reasons maybe is what photograph the name of the album mm-hmm. the photograph's yep. on. um yep. <laughs> really is if i gotta be honest like Nickelback was like, well, well we're just going to go all the way. We're going to write every garbage rock song you could write Um, because there's a ton of them on there, right? Rock star, uh, the day uh, people cared or whatever, um, <laughs> right? Just all the cliches they could do. I really hated Nickelback, and I thought Photograph was the worst one on the album. I was like, oh, it's so contrived. There's a lot of auto-tune. They're just picking at heartstrings. He's like telling this dumb story that everybody's been through. Like, oh yeah, you can't go back. Um, but now as I've gotten older, I'm like, man, that's like my life. Like I loved growing up where I grew up. And when I go back, I can't go back. <laughs> like, it's not the same. It, it, it's changed. Yeah.
1: Me, you know? Do our hearts our hearts soften over time,
3: don't they?
0: Okay. Yeah, they soften over time. But like even that message A little <laughs> little bit. Seems, seems so contrived and foolish, like Okay, like I kind of get it though. I'm like, all right, that actually is like kind of how I feel now, you know? Like, I would love, like, I love those high school nights and I loved all those times sitting around doing nothing. You're
2: speaking nothing. in my yeah. soul right now, but I Casey. can't do it again. You're I, speaking I, in my soul.
0: I can't go home I think and they, live in the a moment.
2: What's we'll moment?
1: It's like a universal message, right? I mean, you, you can look back. We always look back fondly, and it was never yes. as good as, it never truly was as good as we remember it. we like, hey, Or was it? Nostalgic. Hey, Billy Joel said, the good old days weren't always good, <laughs> and tomorrow ain't as bad as it seems.
0: Yeah.
2: That's
0: anyway, so that's my Ash. number four. Nickelback a nice choice. Prophetic. I, I still hate that there, song. There are some Nickelback <laughs> songs that are garbage, and I do hate that is one that has grown on me, though. That's probably why it's not higher on my list because I do, I do really like it. But Nickelback is still kind of oh. not a band I care for my oh, I, Leader of Men's I, banger, though.
1: Leader, they, they <laughs> you know, I'll save mine because spoiler alert, they are coming up. Oh, um, but I, I don't, don't want to let too much. much out. Same. Really like that
0: from the start. Yep. Same that song,
1: Good choice. Good choice. Um, and really, it's, it's an okay song. You know, I like the message behind it. I actually, we were watching um, some old SNL skits uh, with the kids. We, we just were, because I'm constantly referencing like just old stuff. Like uh, my mental maturity hasn't improved since like 97. Um, <laughs> so I'm taught, I'm like, A lot I'm, of always, Adam, Adam Michelle, I'm so blessed to be married to Michelle because she knows my quotes and all that stuff before they come on. So, of course, you know, she's brought fries home and right away I'm like, hmm, these fries are
3: good. You know, and it's
1: like, why don't you run a diet? You know, lay off of me. I'm starving. Yeah, I'm starving. So, we're, so we, we cue up that skit because the kids aren't understanding why we're laughing and, it, and sure enough, it's on YouTube. And we're watching them kind of like, like Adam Sandler and David Spade um, kind of start, you know, smirking and laugh. They're trying to hold it together with Farley next to him. And I'm like, I wonder if this, like, they look back, and these are, like, their pictures, right? <clears throat> and they look back from, like, 30 years ago, and they're
2: like, oh, Like their photographs?
1: Yes, exactly. So that's why I'm mentioning it. Like
2: Every like time just, they do it makes them laugh. Every time.
0: Every time. That's so funny. I saw somebody post on Twitter. It was like, hey, number one advice for, like, any PT students uh, going into PT school, like, Make sure you spend like at least two to three hours a week watching 90s and 2000s comedies and listening to the music because your CI is going to do nothing but tell stupid jokes and anecdotes about that time. And if you have no, and if you have no idea what they're talking about, they're going to hate you. <laughs> That's, That's
1: perfect.
0: perfect. Yeah, great it's advice. True. It's <laughs> our
1: generation. Um, my number three, moving on to the, the threes, the traces, <laughs> um, is uh, um, hmm, Song by Kid Rock from 2008 it's all summer long and oh that's great the huge massive hit right it was like probably one of his last ones right one of his last big big hits last big hit and when um when it came out i hated it i was like man how dare he sample like two (sighs) classic songs you know like sweet home alabama and where was in london and it just every time I was working in a clinic, it just annoyed the hell out of me because it was playing on rock stations, playing on country stations. You couldn't get away from it. Pop stations. What? Enough times passed. Do you know? Where, it's gone away. And you know where he's from, from, right? He's from Detroit, baby. Detroit, Michigan. It was
2: summertime in northern northern Michigan.
0: Michigan. Yeah. Summertime and in Montague, Michigan.
2: And real talk, you can't beat it uh or in, huge or in
1: west michigan yeah there are i so, don't you guys just elect him to be 100, governor
0: miles from we Greenway. might
1: do it yeah do it um but yeah there's enough time passed too far it went <laughs> it went out of style and then uh now every time i hear it i'm like you know what this is a fun summer so it just a, it is what it is fun summer song i can get down to it now
0: yeah it uh well, it's a banger. Fun fact. I always make my students sing a song with me on Fridays before we go into the sunset. I feel like it loosens what? them up. You know, um, it's just a fun thing we do. You know, I into like, the, sunset? Sunset. like, in weekend. Yeah, like uh, the last thing we do, we, we talk about our goals. We talk about how the week went. I always make I try to remember to always have my patients or my students tell me three things that went well for the week because they're hard on themselves. Um, you are oh, you are a good CI, and then I I'm have kidding. a pick like, You're a point of service sucks. Get better, uh, and yeah. So uh, that's <laughs> the song we're doing right now with my current student, who also uh, beat the hell out of Nick and Bags yesterday. So well, shout out to Bo!
2: Shout out to Bo! Shout out to Bo! Were you uh, were you Vandy's Beggs, partner?
0: Beggs Minute. Yes,
1: I got just smashed. Uh, <laughs> figuratively by the beanbags bags. Not that uh, I was hammered. No, I don't drive drunk anymore.
0: Good call. Good call. Learn. You can grow. Oh, good. You don't all have right. to Jeremy. yourself as the drunk driver. Number three, uh, three.
2: You know what? This band has really grown on me over the years. It's uh Florida, Georgia, Line.
0: <laughs> you actually hated them at some point?
2: Oh yeah, this could honestly this could be my whole list. Uh, <laughs> I, I I had like seven of their songs. They've have, they've have grown on me. Uh, the first song I heard of them was was Cruise in 2012, and I was like, ah, oh, this song sucks. This is this stupid. Uh, I'm like, they're the American version of Nickelback. They suck, right? Uh, and uh, so I'm not that. Dickishly stubborn that I couldn't. They're now, now I just, I, they're part of the, the, the normal rotation, FGL. Although, let yeah, the listeners know you've got, they're gone now. yeah They're, they went somewhere. Politically unaffiliated.
0: <laughs> went somewhere. <laughs>
2: they, they split. So, uh, yeah. now it's just going to be the, the old school jams, but, uh, Yep. So FGL, your heart.
1: Cruise. Which cruise. Cruise.
2: Okay.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We no. had many dialogues about how shitty they were for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and now
2: it's and now it's FGL Fridays all day, every day. Yeah. In Michigan. Way, when you take
0: students, you guys will be jamming that before you leave on Friday, singing at the top of your lungs. I'm gonna
2: I'm gonna <laughs> steal that. Yeah. We're gonna have uh song. Choreography and on dance Fridays. if
0: you can. It's fun, it opens them up. You know, it's the like it's yeah. Because we have to be vulnerable. And I think singing in front of people is like is for worst. a lot of people, one it's of the, the most worst. vulnerable things you can do. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. Good choice. I've always liked that song, even though I don't like country. <laughs> so, my Ooh, new girl three from 2001. Uh, again, <laughs> huge, uh, huge metal guy, or uh, new metal guy. Uh, this was the band that I thought was going to be like my next big corn band. Like they were going to be the, the next guys to step in and replace them. Cause I wasn't quite sure about Limp Biscuit. Um, there, there were some things I didn't care for about them, but these guys, Ooh. they had it all. They were a little biscuit. They were a little corn. It was a little band named stained. Um, oh, and I yeah. absolutely love their major label debut dysfunction. Uh, mud, mud shovel hanger um home was super good um there was just a lot of good a A flat was really good there's just a ton of good songs on there uh and then they came out with their next album break the cycle and their first single off that was a song called been a while and it was so so repetitive i it it felt just very pandering like oh we we need a radio hit we gotta have a radio hit it was huge, dude. Yeah, it was him sitting in a stupid room wow. with like a thousand candles in the video. <laughs> Easy, Jeremy. Copyrights. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, I just <laughs> thought it was a terrible song. It was such a, a jump from dysfunction. I thought they were changing their style of music. <laughs> you? I okay, listened finish, to dysfunction finish. every day. So I didn't even buy Break the Cycle. I hated the song so much. I wasn't even wow. going to really give the album a chance. And I had a, CDs, were my thing. I bought everything that came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't even give these guys a chance anymore. I said, you're done. You, you had it and you lost it. Hated wow. it. Um, I be, didn't buy be, the be. next be. album, like 14 Shades of Grey, still goes Ooh, with yeah. the song. I was like, <laughs> I can't do it. Like, uh, and I think it was finally their next album, which I don't even remember what that one was. Um, but again, I had finally softened over time. I think even on 14 shades of the grade uh, the song about his daughter kind of was like, okay, like, Oh, the soft stuff's not too bad. Um, and then the next album, God, I forget what the song was, but I was like, all right, it's time. It's time to go back. I bought, uh, bought break the cycle. And I was like, "This thing is full of bangers! Like every was. Song this is this album a, a million times better than this function. Like <laughs> they actually know now, how to write songs, and they now, have like uh, bridges and they, can they were good music. Yeah, it's one of my favorite albums now. So uh, that's my number three, uh, Stain. Been a while. You're, you know, I was not. Sh- I was also a big fan. Much double was like on our
1: wrestling CD my senior year in high school.
0: <laughs> that's a good huge song. banger."
1: Yeah. We, we loved it. <clears throat> so I know where you're coming from, but I think you're missed. You're kind of forgetting an integral part of that transition phase because they had a huge hit that really put them on the map
0: for that Valley out, Valley.
1: outside. And that, when that came out with him and Fred Durst sitting on the <sighs> stage together,
0: the and, and Fred Durst, like, like okay. his only part of that song, he's like, oh, put up your lighters, y'all. That was, like, his yeah. credit. Like, that's all he did in yep. that song. And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but he was, home he home was home. giving, <laughs> he was
1: sprinkling the Durst, sprinkle, like, the, the yeah. little Durst rub on him, and he, that's all they needed.
0: Yeah, he was, yeah. like, the Cause flavor for in right. that like, song. Because Biscuit was, like, they were so huge for just Hype, a snapshot man. of time.
1: Oh, if yeah. Like, family
0: value is 99. Uh, that, I think two I think they, I think those back-to-back albums, now
1: we're talking Biscuit, but like
2: chocolate,
1: the, the like significant other, and then chocolate starfish both like broke the record for most albums sold in a week when they yeah. each were released. That,
2: that's a big so put, thanks oh, MTV.
1: With yeah. the little like TRL, nurse rub on them, TRL. Then,
2: yeah. It's like
1: so much else though. You get too big, and like you said with Nickelback, people start shitting all over it. Right, it gets yeah. uncool to, to like it,
2: and you
1: get reflexic. Yeah, I think
0: for a limb biscuit, it was probably warranted though. I guess now that I, yeah, I, think, I think your talent kind of like if we through. want to like reverse uh, this list and go like songs, rolling, um,
3: rolling, rolling, there rolling, might be a few
0: biscuit songs on there now that I can't stand but I love. Yeah, not oh. go back like, if I want to get mad. What if you're wearing a visor? Break stuff. Uh, if you're wearing a visor, you love everything, Jerry. <laughs> oh, okay, the <Frosted laughs> tips. All right. Good. You can't have I a like bad attitude with the
1: visor.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at us laughing, smiling. Uh, all right. You know, know if you're listening, BST visors still on the table. Yeah. I'll take you are gonna get that.
1: You're going to get that, Amy? Okay. Uh, um, well, yeah,
0: go that way. I like that. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> um,
1: this band has already been referenced, they've been named. It is Nickelback. <laughs> okay. And I've had, I've had some back and forth with them over the years. I never thought they were quite as good when they did hit big. I never thought they were quite as bad when everybody started dumping on them. just kind of lukewarm on it. Never, let's so say the album you're talking about, All the Right Reasons. That was, I was kind of cool on, that. Eh, not too big on that one. Um, and then, God, what was the OA? Dark Horse was released. And it's like one of the best produced albums I think you could ever find as far as like, you talk about curating playlists production on that production value as far as a straight rock album it's like almost untouchable but i was not a fan and i was particularly not a fan as i was driving to work listening to a big hit on there called shaken hands and i remember feeling like shaken hands is appealing to the lowest common denominator of their fan base if you guys are you guys familiar with it i
0: don't know that song yeah
1: okay it's got a kind of now, now as I've grown, the light I kind of went away from it for like eight years, and then was to it again. I'm like, God, I kind of like this a lot. She's got a sleazy riff, sleazy guitar riff, as it's telling a story about a stripper who's making all this money. Mm. So when I first, when I first would listen, to it, I'm like, God, ah, this is just so stupid. And then you know, a little more time goes by, and I really enjoy it. So what's um, it called? Shaken hands. Shaken. Okay, not shaking. Right. Like. Shaken. There's no already apostrophe shaken. The end. Shaken. The end with the apostrophe. Yes. Oh. Shaken.
2: Shaken bacon.
1: Yep. So look that one
2: up. I'm uh, going to. I, I, I just tried to produce yeah. it. I, fun, I've never l- heard of it.
1: Fun little sleazy sleazy riff. Uh, tells a fun little easy story. Well, he's just trying to make her money, and she didn't get it all shaken hands. Oh. She's doing other stuff. So. Cautionary tales too. Nickelback likes to tell their little simple cautionary tales, anti-drug messages, stuff like that. I don't think that's considered cool either.
2: Yeah. So yeah, they're Canadian right. though. So
1: yeah, they're Canadian, so nice. Saskatchewan. So yeah. nice. They're yeah. Super, super cool dudes. Yeah. Um. Incidentally, in, in case there's no more Nickelback on here, there um, is. I have. I have. Okay. Um, I have heard that. Uh, and from good, reputable sources, I even saw it on in an interview where Jerry Cantrell himself has said that they're one that. of the, the best live bands to ever watch.
0: Wow. so That's a pretty big deal. I I he's, see that. That. he's seen a lot of good bands, I bet. Yep. He's yep. been on stage by a lot of good bands.
1: Yep. Okay, Jer, what's, let's hear your number two,
2: buddy. My number two has already been spoken for. It's Nickelback as well. It's Photograph um Mm -hmm. you know this this came out in 2005 in the middle of college like that was probably the height of listening to rap music for me Mm -hmm. um so it was all like uh 50 m kanye jay-z maybe a little lloyd banks in there uh warriors come on
1: play yeah (laughs)
2: uh but uh no, in terms of like Nickelback, definitely was not cool then. But uh, I mean, Casey, you couldn't have set it up any better. Like, it, it's like you get a little bit older, you like listen to the lyrics a little bit more. You're like, ah. yeah, I get it. I get it. So, uh, I could
0: empathize yep. with him. Yeah. That could be empathize.
2: very important in a therapeutic alliance. So, uh, Stories yeah, you tell My yourself, number two. Casey.
3: Yeah, if you <laughs> ever came into my clinic,
2: you and Chad Kroger,
1: right? Yeah, we yeah. could have success. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this one a little spin after the sesh tonight, and just see. Maybe it's, maybe I'll come around in it too, because I'm still fairly lukewarm as you guys are. All this right, to
0: drop it tear. Tear. It's All right to drop. Yeah, it. yeah.
1: you'll like it. You'll in like it. Grand.
3: Every time
1: mm-hmm. I, yeah.
0: it makes me laugh. <laughs> How did us oh, get so red? What Are you the such hell a is cruder? on?
2: It's, it's almost it's so almost good. Friday. Yeah. He's practicing, I'm practicing. warming yeah.
0: up the pipes. Yeah, sorry, I should have done indie yeah. rock. Um, yeah, my numero two from 1995. Uh, I was a big before new metal, a uh, huge grunge guy. Uh, this band was like on the edge of like grunge and indie metal. They or indie rock. They didn't really have a place, um, and I didn't really know what to think about them. Their first single I ever really remember I thought was an absolute banger. I was like, these guys are the next big thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then they had mm, their next single. I was like, okay, I don't know what these guys are. Like, uh, it's really soft, kind of introspective song. Um, And then I think they came out with this one. Uh, It was either there was another single in there uh, that was a little heavier, and then maybe this one, or this was the next one. But it would be Smashing Pumpkins tonight tonight. Um. again mm-hmm. like when uh, Bullets with Butterfly Wings came out I was like these guys are awesome that's a sweet guitar riff this dude's voice is crazy nasally just uh yeah. you felt so much emotion uh, 1979 came out and I was like oh, that's yeah. kind of weird the music video is weird he's like in an ice cream truck I was like okay maybe I don't get these guys because it's quite different sound uh, and then Tonight Tonight came out and it was like the string quartet um, super soft, uh, his nasally voice became almost irritating to me, like, cause he's trying to hit these high notes and I just couldn't, I didn't get it. And I was like, all right, I don't like these guys. These guys are garbage. Uh, and then I continued to crap on Smashing Pumpkins and for years and years and years I was Weird. like, these guys are garbage. Like <laughs> Billy Corgan is the weirdest dude ever. Uh, he <laughs> can't like anything they do. They had one good song. Yeah. Um, and then again, as my taste grew, you know, people are like, oh, man, you know, Melancholy in the Infinite Sadness, which was the album that Tonight Tonight, yep. you know, it was a double, yeah. double CD disc. People are like, it's like the one of the best albums of all time. And again, I like to buy albums and, I, and I, my musical expanded. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give this thing a shot. Um, so I bought it. I was like, maybe there's some hidden gems on there. Uh, and they just really grew on me. Uh, I had to go back Mm -hmm. instantly after listening to it by Siamese Dreams, which was the album before. Um, I don't remember Cherub Rock when I was a kid. Um, That was kind of their first big radio hit. Um, But that Mm -hmm. album was really good. Um, So good. Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins has become one of my favorite bands. Uh, Really, that's why they're so high on this list. I'm almost
1: astonished that they didn't click with you right away.
0: Oh, I really couldn't stand them. Uh, Again, I wasn't (laughs) like super emo at the time. Uh yeah, but really I've grown yeah. into that as time's gone on. Yeah. So he just felt nasally, whiny. Um, and I mm-hmm. didn't appreciate really how good like their guitarist was. Um James James Eha. E-ha right? Yep. E-ha, yep. Yeah. And, and Billy Corgan himself too. Um uh, played just <laughs> oh, a killer guitar too. Um a great yeah. basses, great drummer. Oh come on, zero though. When you listen to zero, Zero's so you must good, have right? An- right. And- <laughs> yeah. If uh, cleanliness is loneliness, and loneliness yeah. is loneliness and God is empty, just yeah. like me, me—that's like, pretty badass, right? <laughs> just like
1: me, yeah. yeah. Um, but your man Siamese Dream, though—you went back to that's where it started. Yeah, Dude, that's so. So mayonnaise. between those two albums and
0: melancholy, and the infinite sadness is probably one of my top ten albums now. Um, that's why they're so high on my list—is just how high up they've come from that for me um because that album is crazy good it's paints a picture and tonight tonight is probably my favorite song on that album now
3: really Um, i don't know
0: if you guys have ever like recently gone back and listened to it and how empowering it is which is kind of weird you know um i didn't get that as a kid like i just kind of like thought it was like this cheesy little story (laughs) was talking about but like the story of like you can rise up it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier like don't let crap get you down like just because your situation sucks now, like you can rise up. And together, we're going to rise up. There's people in your life that are willing to be there for you and to empower you, and you just need to seek those people out. The message is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love rise that up. Song. Yeah, that's on Kicks' ass. That's on Kicks' ass. It went from one of my least favorite songs to so one of my favorite songs of all time. It should be in everybody's anthem. It's so <laughs> good. good. You feel that's like garbage, one. you should listen to that song. Yeah. And watch the video. The video's killer. I still can't, you know, I'm going to
1: go with Siamese. If i got going to pick those two albums, I'm going go with Siamese Dream, because I yeah, just think it's tighter. It's tighter. I, think it's, I think there's some filler on
0: you know, Melancholy. Tighter. Uh, tighter. I think Melancholy's got filler to tell the story. I can't name a
1: double album that doesn't,
0: though right yeah it'd be really hard for me to do that and i guess if you look (laughs) at melancholy as like just album a separate album versus like uh, telling a story like uh, pink floyd the wall is kind of the same way right like Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of kind of filler songs on there but if you listen to it nobody does this anymore but if you listen to it start to finish it doesn't feel like so much filler
1: yeah Sure. Yeah, but there's going to be there's going to be albums that I have that. But I I'll, I'll
0: say side. Oh, so. is a killer. I I I'd agree uh, it's just the but we're, height, gonna, we're not the here to arbitrate that so tonight. Good. Yeah. The or of are we? is so good.
1: We're on the number 1's boys. This is the real deal. And number you just watched
3: You just washed a
1: spongy white one over, you know, tonight tonight. I can't even imagine when the number
3: 1. Oh, yeah. Be. Uh,
1: get ready. My, yeah, my number one again. Another band has already been said. This is the infamous Florida Georgia Line. Yeah, the song is from Woo. 2015, Woo. and it is "Anything Goes." Really, about the only song I actually do truly like. Oh, it's um, no, still, still, you're I'm lying to, to yourself. I've tried. You're lying are, to yourself. They are super. So if you go back to Cruise and you go back to like. we do it right here number one um his voice was it was like he's trying just to be obnoxious and annoying and on top of that they just they crowd like
2: billy Billy corgan
1: (laughs) yeah but yep and i wasn't always a smashing pumpkins guy either
2: um give it time
1: but corgan but that fits that genre better like yeah yeah i don't want to be annoyed when i listen to my country
0: um have you heard the genre noisy
3: You
1: want
0: to hear Jorge Strahiggett's sweet voice, I believe is what we talked about last time. George Mm, Strington. Hank Williams Jr. Hank Williams Jr. (laughs) Um, But
1: super loud, like busy. That's, That's how I've described that band for so long. So many of their songs are just busy. And anything goes, starts out, it's just same thing. To me, it's like, God, let's see if we can cram seven banjos and a couple of... You know, um, standard guitars, rhythm guitars in here. And we got a fiddle in the background. It's like, God, it's just noise. It's just super noise. And then, you know, whatever. But now I've softened on it. I've heard it enough times. When I hear
0: Alabama on the moon box,
1: baby. You love it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? This kind of makes me smile. It kind of makes me uh, happy. Um, So it's my number one because of how much I hated it. <laughs> and now oh, okay. i'm willing to like it i can't say I, like, so it's not the type where it was like as luke warm and, really like and now i love it it's not that it. it's like the spectrum's there but it's more because um, <laughs> i don't hate it anymore. Well, but, good and and i do you know what to that to your credit you moved, we dropped uh name dropped five foot nine and i that song i do enjoy so
2: tyler hobart uh, yeah, I
1: think he's toned back his vocal. I think he's wielded his vocals a little bit over the years, too.
2: Yeah,
1: I agree. Yeah, that's just my opinion. but yeah. So that's my Good number song. one. It was 2015 Anything Goes by Florida George Line.
2: Nice. All right. Uh, my number one is uh, coming from 2009. Um, Miley Cyrus, Party in the USA.
0: Banger from the start.
2: Um yeah, probably. Um can't say if there's
1: anything to turn around on there.
2: This is uh this is like uh you know like growing up like with Miley Cyrus was like a a Disney channel, right? Like whatever her show was. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch that noise. But uh you know, like you, you kind of hold that against them when they're when they're coming into like, ah, oh, I'm an adult now. you were more right? of a
0: Witches of Waverly Place. I get that.
2: No, yeah, okay. Uh, but uh, oh, I this was this was post college for me. This was like post college between going to grad school. Uh, like this brings me back to a time with my guys from uh, SMSU, this was like their party jam, right? And I was just like, ah, this sucks, right? And got to hang out with them and like, it just, it just grew on me. Uh, And guys that like to this day, obviously like just time happens and you just don't talk to them as much as you'd like, don't see them as much as you'd like, but uh, like people that are brothers for life and it just like, Transports you back in time
0: so that's my number one miley cyrus party in the usa ah, that's such a good song i like that one from the beginning yeah. but that was one of those songs where like i didn't think i was supposed to like it you know like, yeah no that 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 was me too
2: i love but this I, you, but you, you, you I have can't to be like i
0: like i like this it.
2: this sucks this isn't this is a little Wayne. like this sucks <laughs> but uh yeah overall really good jam uh mm-hmm. And again, the butter, more, the more about flyaway, More about the uh, the situation and the the people it brings you it back to.
0: So <laughs> one thing that uh, does make me hate that song a little bit. There was an interview with her, and she admitted uh, that uh, the one line and a Jay Z song was on. Right, and Jay Z song was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, she admitted in the interview that she had never heard a Jay Z song in her life. Whoa! Yeah. She's like, I have no idea what Jay-Z sings. Uh, so I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of garbage. Like, obviously, it's right, wrote that it's for fine. you. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the song's still a banger. Um, I can, I, you I can never, separate Jay-Z? artists from art. Come oh, on. Yeah, well, We're she talking. was younger than... And, yeah, right. Uh, I mean, she probably shouldn't have been listening to Jay-Z. That's,
1: you know what? That's another number one. That's another call, Jared, that I can, I can respect. I don't necessarily have to agree with it, but I respect. <laughs> it. I respect where you're coming from. That's a good number one, Barry. I think you're really gonna
0: s on my number one, Nick. If I know you well, you're gonna hate this. And you and might. You're, you're gonna getting say, to know me very well. You don't know music. You gotta stop. Uh, they're overrated. Um, you mm-hmm. should have stayed mm-hmm. with your initial feelings on this band. I believe it.
2: Um, I believe it already. Yeah, I'm uh, getting my poop ready.
0: So this uh to set you guys up yeah. uh probably one of my favorite bands of all time uh top five band i would say um, five band top five band um fgl we gotta F-G-O. save that
1: for a special one
0: okay yeah. go on yeah i shouldn't say that because we haven't done that list yet but god it's got to be close um so that's why they're number one because this has gone from the basement to the penthouse uh moving on uh so yes um, from the
2: bottom now we hear i understand it. that yep. analogy yes
0: yep. uh beans don't burn on the grill so okay, um, get to it man oh oh that's nelly <laughs> oh, that's God. nelly fish don't fry in the kitchen that was, a, was the a long time
1: ago that was nelly
0: <laughs> yeah so <laughs> again as my musical taste expanded i got big into albums i wanted to soak in all the music i could that's why a lot of the bands I like nowadays, I like because I just took a flyer on them, um, picked up the albums. People are like, You gotta listen to this. Okay, I'll try anything, I'll listen to anything. I kind of soaked it all in. There was just this period in my life where like music very was very music, music was my thing. I would listen to yeah. it. Yeah. Um love it. And, and this is a band that people are like, Well, if if you like music, I mean, these guys, this is what they do. I mean, that's everything, <laughs> anything after them is garbage. That's right. I, that's what a band does. Um, so <laughs> this uh, hit is from 1963. Ooh, um, from a band that uh, maybe you guys are familiar with. Uh, the band is uh, called the The Beatles, uh, and the song is I've "I Want to Hold Your Hand." So, you used to hate that song? Come on. Yeah. So this was like again, when you were a
1: little kid. You never had oldies channels, and no, nope,
0: like, never did that. I my we were no, no, wow. no one in my family liked the Beatles. Um, we were we were more like a zeppelin uh uh cool. family we were kind of like uh god i'm yeah. drawing a blank yeah, right now janice john no, family big in yeah, the blues that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, my so dad we, was more like Skinner
1: and stones and we never yeah, listened to the beatles yeah, not we ever i
0: had no CCR, yeah. no exposure <laughs> to the beatles um so i was like oh, i gotta listen to the beatles like uh, this was one of their biggest hits uh, so i listened to the song and i'm like this is absolute garbage. This is like some like Randy Newman crap, where you're just talking about like walking around in your day and holding hands. Like well, their, first they albums,
1: their first few albums,
0: they were a boy band.
1: Yeah, so they were in that parallel. They just right, were right.
0: And this was the That's... time where like I was supposed to crap on boy bands. I was like, this was a boy band from the '60s. These guys are terrible. They um, were. So literally, I never listened to the Beatles. I was like, okay, I've sampled this song. It's terrible. Um, kind of. I mean, I listened to like a Hard Day's Night uh just because of the movie and help you know those were like kind of the big ones because the movie names mm-hmm. and i was like well those aren't much better like i already had this sour taste one no. <laughs> okay no. um yeah getting to that nick anyway so then i uh i'm on in probably my late high school year they came out with that like monster number ones i don't know if you guys remember that album where they compiled a all the number one hits yeah and I was like, oh, all right, I'll try these guys again. And, and I bought that album and I kind of liked um, um, some of them were good. This was on there and then it just really was organic over the next couple of years. I started to like, oh, you got to listen to the White Album. Okay. All right. It's like one of the best albums of all time. I used to listen to those VH1. It's like, pretty top good. 10 albums or whatever. Bought the White Album. Oh, yeah. If you think White Album's good, you're garbage. Like Revolver's a million times better. So... I, yeah bought that okay that's a great album right you know people like oh sergeant peppers is so good um so i bought that album and i'm like this shit is good like and now the beatles have just grown into just one of my they're, they are good all time yeah they're great they're good. i mean yeah. they're phenomenal um and to go back to this song now and to really appreciate the time period what they're dealing with um the harmony the melody you know you just one grown. of the few songs that uh Lennon and McCartney just co-wrote hand in hand together. They sang it together. They just alternated. Um, it's simple, but it's good. I actually just watched the Ed Sullivan where they came on and did it. Like, it's so fun to watch. <laughs> people, yeah, people in the crowd were just losing their minds over out. this thing. Like, I can't believe they're talking about holding hands, right? <laughs> it's like they're oh. so risky <laughs> yeah and they look yeah. like they were having fun i mean it, and now when i go i love watching that was them.
2: lsd they i love were...
0: watching old beatles performances i love all that stuff the sounds they made with the minimal equipment they had how clear that stuff was i just appreciate it just so much more now um they just just grown You're invented i mean they changed music i and they're still like i can appreciate the song like i want to hold your hand i this was one of our wedding songs right like that's how high Ooh. up on my list this is you know so Aww. did you shout hands.
1: out shout out to lacy
0: did you hold hands he, yeah it was a unity candle thing or whatever
3: yeah.
0: all right all right all right
3: then like you
0: like it. Though, love me, do you know? <laughs> it's on, they're all good. You. The, every Beatles song's good. I love it. I know you don't care for please, much. Nick, but... Please love, love me, me too. too. <laughs> so good. And I actually uh, now, as I get older, there was a period where I liked their late stuff, where I was like, "Oh yeah, Sergeant Pepper's Revolver." Like that's that was that's their best <laughs> stuff. And now as I've gotten older, I'm like, "Man, their early stuff." It's so innocent and clean and pure. Like a hard day's night. I love that. Ticket to ride. Um, I just actually prefer good, earlier man. Beatles now. <laughs> but it's
1: good. good.
0: Well, I we'll talk like to you in five years. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'll swing back around and like their old stuff again. But perhaps. That's my yeah. numero uno. Again, same thing cool. from the basement, to the penthouse. Uh, same with From to
2: the classy. From the bottom. Now we hear. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love it, guys. Good um, to hey, trunk, this was fun. Yeah. Skunk to trunk. Hey.
1: Good stuff. Yeah, lots to of Nickelback. That, lots of Florida Georgia line. Good. Huge singers there. Yeah, I'd say a rousing success of, yeah. a, of a podcast, boys.
0: Thanks, everybody. This was a long one, but we really appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Um, if you got hateful comments, uh, top 10 lists or top 5 lists <laughs> you want us to go over. If there's topics you want to talk about, If there's research articles you want us to go over, heck, if you want to be on the show even, I'm willing to entertain that thought. Hit us up at ptshopdoc at gmail.com. Follow us on YouTube. If you want to see our ugly mugs, as I always say, next time Nick will share something with everybody instead of just me and Jeremy, we can really expand on that. <laughs> um, you can see on running shoes and what they look like. Some cloud monsters. Yep. If you hit us up on YouTube, Minim- follow cl- us on Facebook. I Columbia. will say we did not get enough likes for me to eat a pineapple today. So I'm very dis- nope. disappointed in y'all. I'm glad I didn't have to see that. That would have been good. Um, Working on grapefruits this week. That is gross. Um, yeah. Uh, otherwise, oh, until gross. next time, everybody. I'm Casey Hanson. With me, as always, is Nick Doling and Jeremy Van Klompenberg. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Not a hollow threat. Good <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> night. No, yeah. I stole it. You guys got. You had twenty nine chances. <laughs>